gimbals. 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 Gimbal, 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 gimbal. Welcome to episode 325 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. We're in the Batcave as usual. It's a Saturday as usual. And um, today I find out that Jason knows all about gimbals, and it wasn't a surprise that I showed him a gimbal in the slightest. Yeah, so what was your what was your uh, reason for showing it, for going over? What, what, why did you buy one? Ah, uh, because we recorded some play demos with Georgie. So she she play, you know how she has Play Strong and she plays with kids for a living? Yeah. So we, rec- we we did a day of uh, of recording her playing with kids and there was like a lot of movement, a lot of action and gimbals are, so you basically plug the iPhone onto this, onto this gimbal. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it may be, a gimbal is like this thing you might, you hold like, um, it's, it's sort of in like your a, hand, like, uh, it's a poor man's version of putting a camera on rails or a camera on a big arm. But this is just something that's handheld. It just keeps it super steady and it's really great. But then that coupled with this iPhone, um, app called filmic mm-hmm. which is 15 bucks but this app is so good that it's been used in sundance and other in other sort of professional filmmaking situations yeah i've had i've, I've played with it i've had it right? i had it years ago oh, yeah, it's okay. been around filmic has been around a long time it's really good and, and it's got it's got a <laughs> setting for it's got a setting where it just basically will automatically do everything you know automatically pick the right thing to focus on automatically do the right you know exposure and it wow it works so well so so the combination of just having this really steady pull and just being able to move around and there's a weird kind of movement with the gimbal it's like if you slowly move your hand it sort of knows to then follow and keep it going a little bit so yep. it's sort of like scrolling you know like motion scrolling yeah because um, it keeps scrolling after you yeah and it's has like an inertia momentum and and the yeah. and with a with a full sort of <coughs> 360 degree one you can do shots like um because it's got a little, little joystick where you can sort of change the where the phone's looking at yep so i so georgie is playing with a kid and then i can sort of go right above their heads and then do like a a look down top the, down the, look, top down overhead and then, and then go back and so it's just it was a lot of fun and we, we did some great shot we did some great shots and then she used it in the training and it was yeah, very pro shop. That's really cool. I've always, I've always been fascinated with the uh, prospect of shooting a movie or even like a short movie on an iPhone. Yeah. Like almost, like nowadays, you know, with twenty or thirty thousand dollars equipment, you could put on something pretty, pretty impressive. But even less than that, it's almost like what could you do with like nothing, like a five hundred dollar shooting budget, like all because really all you need are, are some good microphones. And some good lighting to augment everything else. Yeah, I mean it's like eighty nine dollars for the gimbal that I got, the iSteady Pro. Yeah. yeah. So the only problem, this is the only problem with i with the smartphone cameras that makes it so that it, make, it doesn't work so well in terms of shooting um, something that looks like a movie is it has um, everything's in focus. Yeah, they. You, so you can't. You, you can't have the. Whereas if you see a film, they focus on. So if a person's in the foreground, it's focused on that. Everything else is blurry in the background. Uh, Phil, filmic does it. Filmic does Filmic that. Filmic does that now. Yeah, you can. You can. You, it has a, a special thing where you can do exactly that. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, and you can do you can do you can do focus pulling. You can basically do all that stuff with filmic now. That is cool. So you so you can sort of you can do focus pulling from what you know that where they do that thing where you focus on someone behind yep. and then it blurs into someone in the front. So they do it all with software now. Yeah, you can do that all with software. That is so if that, that's indeed what it's true like well, if it's as good as what you're saying <laughs> oh it's good yeah it's good i mean well, it's, it's good to my eye or anyway. what i'm saying what i'm imagining is 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 the same as what you're describing that would be and they have incredible something even cooler they they have you know they, they've also got the zoom in and zoom out but um the software calculates what iphone you're on and sort of gives you like an orange to red warning like as you zoom in if you're if you're going below, you know, sort of below retina or whatever, it'll it'll sort of let you know this is your maximum zoom. God, that's so you know, cool. It's like really, really good. See, well, you know, so I, I I've I've told the story before. I won't go into huge detail about it now. But I back in like 1997, um, my uh, one of my really my one of my very closest friends, Mitchell, um, who I've mentioned the show a few times, I grew yeah. up with. He and I and uh, another guy went up and shot, well, two other guys, there's four of us, went and shot this two-minute Mortal Kombat fight scene to help an, an, one of our roommates get a job as a stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was up for being the stunt coordinator and the, uh, there was going to be a Mortal Kombat TV series, and he was up for it. Or the stunt coordinator, or the, or the second unit director, I think. And so we're like, oh, let's go let's go shoot this, you know, fight scene or whatever. We, he ended up not even be a part of it. We just did it ourselves. We got so into it. But it was two days of shooting the this fight scene. Yeah. And, 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 and Mitchell had blocked out the whole thing, and it was like this really elaborate thing. I mean, these guys are professional stunt guys. But was one of those or, guys a Power Ranger? Uh, yeah, they were, that- they were uh, um, VR Troopers, which was like an offshoot of Power Rangers. Right, right. Yeah, that was it. So, um... Anyway, I mean, they obviously know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. So, but we shot with these high eight cameras. High eight was like the next thing about VHS. Like VHS had like three hundred or two hundred eighty lines of resolution, and this had like three sixty or four twenty. Not, not much better, right? Yeah. And it was all analog, and so you had to convert from tape, <laughs> and you had to go through S video to like we had these compression boards, which like you you know like these extended boards you put on your PC. Yeah. And plug it in, and we would capture like I would ha- I'd be like, all right, bitch. So we would be like trying to move the money, the eight hours of footage off the tapes. And so we'd have the camera, the little height camera sitting there with the S video. And I would be in Adobe Premiere and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to hit capture video. You hit play, play. I'm going to hit capture video. Go. Stop. <laughs> Five seconds. Okay, we had this five seconds. Because I only had like 120 megabytes available on my hard drive. <laughs> and so we cut all that together. And um, and then, uh, you know, with Adobe Premiere, it was still pretty cool back then. You know, you could do all the transitions yeah, and things. Yeah. And it came oh, out. I remember it. Yeah. It came out really, really good. And, um, you know, we put it down to, you know, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. And it uh, it actually got them. Those guys said they got, they got, jobs off that for years off that's that tape. awesome that's awesome but the thing about it was it was so fun <laughs> i couldn't i was i remember i remember we were in the car right back on the second day so we just all day saturday all day sunday we shot up we went and shot up at this cave and i can't remember the name of it but it was the cave with the bat cave the actual with the batmobile would the, come out, the old bat 1970s yeah. batmobile and so it was really kind of a cool area and so we wanted to make it look sort of like otherworldly like um you know, Mortal Kombat-esque, and that was the... It actually worked pretty well. But um, 
I'm sitting on the car ride, and one of the guys looked at he looked at me, and I'm kind of sta- I'm like kind of just a little staring out the window, and he's like, "You got the bug now, don't you?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I think I do," because <laughs> he he was just obsessed with filmmaking. This guy, and uh, so we had by two roommates. Two of my I had four roommates. Two who were all stuntmen. Two of the guys, um, Mitchell and Dan, were the ones in the fight scene, and it was this other guy whose name I'm blanking on, would take turns. One of us would be the DP, me, the camera guy, and the other guy would be sort of like directing, trying to, all right, you stand here, you do this. And so we would just take turns doing that for two days. Like It was like eight hours of footage cut down to two minutes. Anyway, so when I see the progression of technology, I'm just like, I want it to catch up so that you can, you know, with, you know, $500 worth of co- material, of equipment, or even less now, you can go up and, and do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, with a, yeah, it's crazy. Because, because at that point in time, I mean, of course, we're outside, so we didn't need, we didn't need um, uh, lighting. It was all natural. It was all lit. What's even more amazing is, is that, like my, for example, my iPhone with five hundred gigs. Yeah. Right. Is it? No, maybe it's even two hundred and fifty or whatever it is. Um, it had it had enough space to to do days of this footage. A high def. Like, like high, high def. Yeah. Like like def like footage. you know yeah. You can even on your shoot, phone. You can even shoot four K. You know. Yeah, like 4K, high ah, def, raw footage, just, just shoot crazy. as to heart's content. It's, it's incredible, right? And and then it's so easy to just like take it off the phone because it it goes it plugs straight into iTunes and you just grab them across, put them on the computer, and all the space is free again. Right. It's like wow, it's really good. Yeah, I um, I would love to uh, do like a, a, a like a another little project, like shoot like a some sort of a short movie of some kind, like a like a weekend or two weekend project. Like yeah. let's just shoot all the stuff, cut it together. I was thinking that, so- uh, you know, l- looking at the, the results of what I did, it's, it's no different to me anyway, to my eye, to the stuff that the guys did for you with Math Academy. Like professional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, this audio was not as good, obviously, right? But all you got to do, but that's because you weren't using a yeah, professional mic you, to record yeah. your wife playing with like kids. You so. could do, you could do, you could do your own recording of Math Academy events, oh, yeah. you know, like like solve with an iPhone. You yeah. know, and it's like to, it would it would come out the same. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's uh, it's amazing. And then, like you said, with the amount of storage and yeah. the hike. I mean, your filmic is a um, is for recording. But they have also have a lot of editing software like Adobe Premiere equivalent. Right, right. That, I mean, you can of course use whatever they are. What it was iMovie or there's stuff that comes on the Mac or the, or that's not that expensive. Well, there's 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 software on the Filmic website. They have accessories, and there's this there's this um, <clears throat> there's a there's a box, and I I just think it's a couple of hundred bucks, right? And basically, it's a full CPU system, and it it instantly offloads the the footage that you film in Filmic. And then it it gives you real time editing because it's powerful enough to just basically drag and drop, move stuff around, shorten clips, and it's it just makes it so that you've got like absolutely instant editing. You know how normally you've got the little spinner waiting and all that kind of mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. and it sets it up on you know you can do it all on your phone or your your well, iPad. I mean, you you can even <laughs> yeah you know, because they have apps for film editing. Yeah, from editing. I mean, obviously for most people they're not making a feature film; they're just you know recording their kids playing or something or and you know they're getting a little clip for instagram well you get it it comes with iMovie yeah with, but I mean, I mean you even have it on your phone like you yeah. don't even have to sit down at a computer like yeah. you can be sitting know, on the right, couch yeah. editing your movie yeah the iMovie already i mean iMovie gives you that basics that basic editing right now with transitions you know what's funny i remember um steven spielberg i think steven spielberg made this comment about you know with the with the 
lowering the uh, of uh, barriers in terms of getting into the technology movie making technology that you know we're going to have all of these sort of garage um auteur movie makers but you don't you really don't see it that much at least in terms of making movies you have a lot of people creating content for youtube all kind of you know following their life or doing things and people are doing that stuff but you actually but what you don't see are are like sort of a proper like here's a fictional story with actors and stuff like that and the reason yeah, yeah. And the reason is is that takes a lot more a lot um, of effort. Yeah. it takes a lot of people you either have to pay you have to have money to pay actors even even inexpensive actors you know if you have to pay them it's still you know real money secondly um or or you get a bunch of volunteers and we know the problem with volunteers is they're uh -huh. good for a day or maybe a day and a half, two days, but then, they start, then you can't rely on them and the whole thing falls well, apart. So, so this, this idea of professionalism has sort of been commoditized like through technology. But it's interesting <laughs> because I was reading a blog post about the trend of Instagram. So the, 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 among the top um, influencers on Instagram, like the top 10 people who are like the most, most famous influencers, mm -hmm. there's a trend in the, in the millennial segment where they're not using filters. They're not using anything. In fact, they're 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 doing they're dumbing the whole thing down and making it as raw and unprofessional as possible. It's just this new idea because it's so easy to be. So we knew if you and I waited long enough, yeah. the world would come down to us. <laughs> come back to us, right? So, so hey, so so these guys are making a point of being unprofessional. Right, right. We don't like we're just that way. Yeah, like we don't have to work for it. It just comes out unprofessional. Yeah, and it's, it's all. Like, yeah, well, I, well, unprofessional is the wrong word. Raw is the is the word. Like they're working hard to to make it look raw. Mm -hmm. versus processed and sort of sheeny. So you think about the 80s and the sheen and all that kind of stuff. We've sort of reached a point the where... soft light. Yeah, and everything can the... be like that now with because it's so easy to just make something look like really uh, processed. So so they're making it look really unprocessed. But I, I, you know, if I understand correctly... They're still processing it. They're just they're just making it look extra unprocessed. Well, it's 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 <laughs> like the well, it sort of it follows along with sort of the definition of cool. So cool means you're not trying, right? Okay, people are trying really hard. Yeah. that's not cool. Like you got to be like take drink, relax. Look, cool. but it takes effort to be cool, it, right? right? It's it takes people think oh they're not even trying. Like well they're making an effort not well, to look like they're trying. Like, they they they're buying these those really jeans. You know I used to joke in my high school when I was in when I was in uh, you know this is the 80s and people would have rip holes in their jeans. Like they would go to an effort to make these jeans look like they were worn and you know have you holes, seen, uh, holes in the knees and stuff have you seen always be my maybe on netflix yeah you know, it's funny sandy just brought that up we're, we're gonna watch it but so i'm not giving anything away when i just say keanu reeves is in that movie and it's it's so funny he like goes into tom ford shop and basically spends 25 grand on a pair of jeans <laughs> that just look like ripped and everything in there basically is like uh, the it, kind of in thing. the ten thousands and twenty thousands and it just <clears> looks <throat> the same as what you'd get at target that was but maybe just a bit better somehow i don't know how these these rich people know the difference between a tom ford and a, and well, a target well there's always this little <laughs> there's all these little signals there's all these little things that the, the knowing eye looks for you know like right. how um for in any in any sort of category you're talking about food or clothes or anything so but it's it's i think i think the thing is is that when everybody starts doing x if you want to stand out and you want to be quote unquote cool you have to be different than x right as soon as everybody goes to a club the club is no longer cool 
<laughs> right. right? As soon as it's popular, like that's not cool anymore. As soon as everybody likes this band, that's not po- that's not cool anymore. The coolness is in effect setting yourself apart in a sort of temporary minority that everyone else will track to. And so what they're doing is they're sort of saying, okay, look, we're gonna we're gonna take a left here. Everyone else everyone else now has access to processing te- uh, processing technology. So what we need to do is look different, project a different experience. And by doing that, maybe it'll make us look more authentic, more real. You know, the process stuff looks, in effect, uncool in some ways. Because, like, hey, why are you trying so hard? Why is the yeah. hair all teased up? And what's the light? Like, it just looks <laughs> stupid. Like, you know, it looks, you're, you're, you know, right? So I think, you know, and it was the same kind of thing with some of the um, blogs. Like, you know, remember how, like, in, in the, um, in the, Early in the mid '90s, late '90s, everyone held the, like sort of the dancing baloney, and because every idiot who could open front the, page yeah. could put all this silly crap up there, and then the move was to go really, the look was to go really raw, move yeah. away from all that. Um, I don't know there's always there's always movements with the way, and then then what'll happen is go through this process where everything's really raw, you know, and it's like the grunge of you know video, right? And then it'll kind of correct the other way because now everybody's doing that, and now it's like you want to like be something else sort of like yeah, a, or you just be like like you are and you just just be you like and it just like stay the same and maybe maybe fashion will shift in and out <laughs> of phase with you <laughs> who knows but you don't give a shit you're just like <laughs> it'll come back <laughs> yeah well it, it's like i will be in focus at least 20 percent of the time right right <laughs> will be, or like, i will be on point yeah um yeah i'm still waiting for the cargo shorts to come back <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so what's uh so what's new what's uh other well, than that, buying se- gimbals and, and shooting the, se- the secret project and it's I, i'm i'm enjoying the um amount of anticipation that's being built up about the secret project are now. you uh we're in amongst the texting listeners i almost want to keep it a secret project for longer just because of the enjoyable anticipation that's being built up but i'm not going to reveal it this show um, I, mean, but- I think we've had like five comments so let's not get carried away <laughs> that's a big deal for me <laughs> so um i think uh, but what i can talk about is that um you know i can say that it's it's a widget that you put on your website um and it, it can help with sales and okay. um uh, so i can talk about that and talk about the fact that uh, i've got two customers uh, not not paying, but beta I, testing. You're beta ba- testing. Basically, beta testing two customers. So, the, uh, one of them is um, uh, Matt, and one of them is Dave. And um, so, I'm. But how do you know Matt and Dave? Uh, through through texting. Oh, really? Did you yeah. just email them out and say, "Hey, would you like to?" Well, no. Well, well, Matt basically contacted me and. Will uh, you be my beta tester? Slow. He's, he slacked me and said, "Oh man, I'm I'm really interested to hear what you're building. I hope it's for business. You know, not and not for." for I said, yeah, it is for business, and and because I already know that Matt has a site that is doing, you know, twenty, twenty thousand, thirty thousand MRR. So, um, so I'm like, in fact, you know, you you kind of be perfect. So, what's really great about working with him is that um, he's sort of a solo, he's a solo developer. Mm. Um, so that that means that I can iterate with really quickly. Crazy. Yeah, the well, difference with Dave is he's he also has maybe twenty, thirty uh, MRR, twenty, thirty thousand MRR, but it's he has like a team and it's. It would. It has to go through more people, more people, and more process. So I'm actually not going to implement on Dave's site until I've worked with Matt a bit more yeah. and, and tested stuff out. And but it's it's been really great um, working with a real customer and a real site. 
and of course, you know, the first the first thing that happened is it completely didn't work. Yep. <laughs> in any yep. way. <laughs> That's why you always start with one beta tester, not ten, because you can hear the complaint. What? The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, and there's there's a lot of complicated stuff with widgets. Like putting a widget on someone else's site comes with a lot of baggage, especially cores. You know, you know, across the main stuff mm-hmm. because it's so tight the security, and you've got mm-hmm. to sort of work that out. So um, that was the main reason that it didn't work. But then even um, I, I got it to work, but then just sort of talking it through with him, I realized that as I'd, as I'd executed, it wasn't right. It needed to be different to make, it, to make an impact and, and, and help, him, help him with sales. Right. So, that's, so that is what's great about real customer feedback is because now I'm like, okay, sort of back to the drawing board. Okay, this this aspect of it, I need to change and make it work better for the sales concept. See that, see, okay, so let's, we've said this a million times, but it's worth repeating. It's always better to get in the hands of users sooner rather than later because even the things that you think are almost convinced are absolutely necessary might be wrong or that might be in the way of doing something else that is actually more important or critical um, for the user. And you know, we, we, a lot of times as, as developers, product people, vision, you know, we think of ourselves, as pro, you know, as these technology visionaries, well, it has to have all this stuff and I want to make it all perfect. And you, you just hold it back and you work on this stuff and you're actually probably doing yourself a disservice is get the simplest thing that works well, as far as you can tell, into their hands and then go with the feedback loop. So the main feedback is um, the, the, this change. I can sort of tell you about this change is, you know, as a, as a widget and almost like a, as an apologist is, is that a word like someone who doesn't really want to be too in your face who doesn't want to like you know be too aggressive about things i you built, i built the whole are thing are you talking about yourself yeah well <laughs> in in the sense of like not in the sense of like <laughs> okay. with with a product like i like okay i was worried about putting a widget on people's sites and getting too much in your face like there's already a lot of you know chat widgets for example that sort of come out and oh you, and they oh, annoy you don't want to be this really obtr- you want to be unobtrusive i want it to be super unobtrusive and i didn't want it to be annoying and i didn't want it to do that yeah well that was completely wrong <laughs> that's what I, it was completely wrong to be thinking about that for along those lines with a sales concept in mind the concept that says you have to get like you you really do have to be and so so it's sort of like how um how joe joe stack uh helped me understand well helped me think okay because i saw something about this technology i thought no that's impossible that could never be done and joe stack was like no you could probably do it and it made me rethink it. And then I went away and worked at it for like a month and was able to do it. Well, this is sort of like that. It's making me rethink it. No, maybe maybe it is possible to be in people's faces, but without being annoying, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really what I've been working on. And it's kind of a game changer for the product, I think. Okay, So that's, that's kind of a big deal. And I think it could be, it could really make it. So that so that the work with Joe really helped and the work with Matt, Really I think the next thing was probably to get a few more users who are different yes. from Matt in some very yeah. fundamental ways. Well, I, I still need to get it on, onto Matt's site. We haven't actually done the test yet. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. so fine. As soon as you get to the point where it's like it's working, yeah. I've learned a lot from the Matt interaction. Yeah. He's he's generally happy with it. He has a wish list things, but we've generally... But get into the, some other people who have sort of different approach to maybe how they would use it or why they would use That's it. That's right. Just so that you know, it's it's like when you're um, 
creating an abstraction. Before you create the abstraction, you better have some concrete cases, multiple concrete cases before you start doing that. Because all of a sudden you're going to you're going to overgeneralize some things. Your generalizations are just going to be off. Well, it's like Pelty. It's like Pelty's nugget. Okay. You know, he said, look, you know, you need to find one customer and one function and um, someone who is really valuable for, you know. Yeah. So that's sort of w where we're at right now is like, if it can, if it can increase conversions by 2%, 1% even, that's a, that's a huge deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so I could talk a little bit more about the widget if you wanted. Let's go. We can go dig in deep into widgets. Go. Just a little. Just Tell a, me about widgets. Just a little bit. Well, one thing that that's probably going to make your eyes roll is, I I really <clears throat> okay. I wanted to obfuscate it. Obfuscate the code. So yeah, I want to obfuscate the code. Verse engineer it. And and that's that's harder said than done, especially in a way that's like obfuscating it where it's kind of difficult to to not reverse engineer it. Well, they even have tools that reverse engineer compiled. C code type right, stuff, right exactly so, so like, you know. well but but you sort of you know the whole point of obfuscating for me is it's not that I don't want competition it's just that no you don't want competition no I mean, let's I, be honest I do want I don't as long as you're kicking their ass and you're the by far I don't the leader care about competition I just like I don't want to like give them on a plate it's like look I don't want to leave the wallet on the table you know what I mean and let, like uh -huh. look this is this is how everything works this is this is how the magic is done I don't want to just do that right. Okay, you can you can work it out for yourself. You know, uh -huh. that's the reason why I wanted to 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 do the obfuscation. So I found a pretty cool. I, I we'll link to it in the show notes. So I found a pretty cool uh, obfuscation tool, and it has all these sort of options. And it, it's like a cross between. Um, it uses Node to do it, uh -huh. um, but with all the different options, it's like a cross between. You know, do you want to really bloat your widget? You know, so it's got it's got for example like insert fake code. You know, uh -huh. so like. I don't want that option, you know, because it's right. going to like bloat it by 200 to 300% to right. insert a bunch of fake code. Another thing it can do is flatten the, con flatten the control structure. So it just totally changes the way that it works. So mm -hmm. every, every function sort of running through five functions. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to do that. So mm -hmm. I've, I've just sort Why? of done, because it slows it down. I don't want. I don't want to compromise performance. You know, I will don't it want. Will it? And will it? Yeah. And a lot it, of times it, if, it changes performance. So, so basically, I chose all the options that just made it a bit harder mm -hmm. to read, but that didn't affect performance. So I think the uh, the obfuscation is just so that it's just not obviously there. You're locking your front door, but you're not, yeah. you're not uh, putting up a 20-foot exactly. wall around. Pretty much, yeah. So I'm sure that I'm sure that good coders could go ahead and like go and sort of work out what's going on. Yeah. Um, but really the, the cool thing it does is it swaps all the function names for like X44Z2Y. You know, yeah, yeah. So you'd have to be really motivated. To <laughs> yeah, like exactly. You have to be Eventually, motivated. you just kind of throw your hands up. Ah, screw it. I'll and just... and you know, probably be like, I might as well try and work out how to do this myself. You right. Know? Right. Um. So yeah, that was the point with that. That. And so then I've put this little um. So on my local host, I just go to you know slash bake. Uh huh. And it basically bakes the widget, and there's like different versions of the widget for the different user classes. So basically a, lo a logged in admin user has one version of the widget and a, like a non-logged in user has a different version of the widget. And, um, you know, it, it bakes it and then cauterizes it <coughs> and obfuscates it and compresses it. And so that's kind of cool. And I need to sort of think about, you know, another thing that I need to think about moving forward is like, okay, how am I going to distribute that at scale? And you're, you're probably thinking, oh, why are, you, why are you worrying about scale? 
because you know you, you've only got one customer but actually all it takes is like one customer with a busy website and then it's like then scale matters so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna play with cloudfront i believe well. that you can just sort of put cloudfront on your domain and then mm -hmm. it has like a cdn built yeah. in yeah uh, so thinking about that and then also thinking about obviously every time someone opens a widget i need to record it right so now i've got stats tracking right yep so i need to think about okay i'm gonna have to do some kind of clever queuing system that's not going to bring the server down well you know the queuing stuff is they've been pretty good you it's know simple, amazon's right? simple queuing yeah, service yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Or, there's so much there's so much available for oh, that oh it's nowadays. crazy it's well wait like, a minute you had some queuing thing that you were just falling in love with a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. Had, uh, that, that was the rabbit with, stuff yeah you integrated with laravel and you thought yeah. oh it's just magic and i mean why not you can just use that i right? don't want to use that what? It's because it's too, specifically Rabbit, um, if you want to restart a Rabbit server, so a Rabbit's basically built in Erlang, right? Mm -hmm. And um, man, it takes like, I mean, I'm not even kidding, like 20 minutes to restart the server. It's like really, Why? really, I don't know. It's uh, Maybe we just didn't configure it right or something, but um, it's it's painful. It's painful. Oh, so there's a cost for that. Yeah. You know. Um, but I just, I just, yeah. I don't know exactly what the, what technology I'm going to use to, to deal with high throughput. But I know that there's a lot of options. There is available. a lot. I mean, yeah. that is a very common problem yeah. nowadays yeah. that tons of open source options, tons of cloud services that'll do it. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, that widget stuff is, is interesting. Oh, the other, of course, the other thing is you, you know, everyone, everyone's website has CSS, which can basically kill your stuff, you know, and there's, you just haven't got a clue what they, going to have on their website so mm. locking it down um the way that i did that was i just i just killed my own css i basically created created a like a reset thing that just like nuked any css within my widget okay so i had to work really hard to even just show anything you know <laughs> like so everything everything on my widget is like specifically pathed to the the css how do you nuke some okay so if i have if I set a style that affects all uh, divs or something like that, you know, and then um, how do you nuke it for your particular? So, so if someone if someone puts import, so so first of all, you know, you want to wrap everything in one div, which is sure. your your. Yep, so, right. so my com your my company my company sandbox, right? Okay. So then, what you want to do is you want what I did anyway is to use my company sandbox, and then you know how you can do a wildcard mm -hmm. CSS, you can do a wildcard. And then I just applied everything with important. Okay. So important basically overrides anything. Uh, so, so important okay. overrides anything, but unless they do the exact same path with important later. I see. There's only so much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that means that I have to use important for everything in mind. So it's very difficult for them to, you know. Uh, and of course, break. the goal is not to do it. It's just you yeah, know, yeah. inadvertently. The, the, the goal is to just make it look right on everyone's website. You know, yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of difficult to do. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, that was so what thing. are we what are we looking at as an ETA? Oh. Well, I need to test it on Matt's site. Then I need to test it on Dave's site. Then I need to do a few more get a few more people involved, like like you're saying. Um I mean, I I think it, I think it's going to start being out in the wild um next week. You know. Oh, you mean actually being people use it. They yeah. may not know how it was created. Yeah, well, yeah, well it, it says powered by. Oh, okay. You know. All right. So they can they can go to 
they'll be able to go so to a website. Are you going to be looking for some beta, te- another round of beta testers in another couple weeks? Especially if you've got, uh, especially what I'm interested in is is people with uh, websites who that are making money that want to, to like increase sales and stuff okay, like so that. So they already have customers. Yeah, they already they, have some throughput yeah. there. But they already need have to, traffic, yeah. They're looking and, to squeeze that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and you know, I mean, email me and I'll send you a demo. Like, that's fine. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. So uh, did you happen to catch the Bob Lazar Netflix movie? What is that about? You know who Bob Lazar is? No, 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 no. So this is great. Um, Bob Lazar was this guy who came out in, I think it was 89 or something, and claimed to have been to work on UFOs at S4, and okay. part of the Area 1. So he was he was a, supposedly a physicist who was hired to work on the uh, the power supply of some recovered of a recovered UFO and he claimed that they had, that they actually had nine he'd only worked on the power plant for one of them he only seen one of them touched one of them one time yeah um, but that he and another his co-worker who was another I guess physicist Barry is the guy's name <laughs> his co-worker you heard it was Barry, Barry would work on these uh, the power plant and um, so <clears throat> anyway he uh he leaked the story. He came on talk to an investigative journalist um, named George Knapp, and then the, they it came out was on the like, news, and it was kind of a big thing, I guess. Although I don't, I was you know, I don't remember this at all. I, this was not on my radar. Um, but uh, and then he, you know, he gave some talk, you know, interviews about it at the time. Um, it, it it was really, but then there was some debunking that went on, and but then. There's this guy, is it Jeremy or something, Corbell, I get whatever. This guy, Corbell, I guess, did a, uh, did a documentary on him. So he kind of disappeared. He was kind of yeah. off the map. Okay. He, he just wanted to retreat into his normal life and was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want you know, all these weird people coming and trying to talk to me all the time and stuff. And so um, he, uh, you know, so he, he you know, went, re, re, you know uh, retired to, you know, his private life. And then, um, so this guy this documentary filmmaker who's uh i think a ufo enthusiast convinced him to do a documentary now is that anything to do with that that talk that we went to that one time because i i got an email saying there was a new a new film release no so it's not to do with that okay cool no um no we went and saw what's his face um who we interviewed on the show right um, right and i'm blanking on his dolan dolan what was his name joe dolan or something richard dolan richard dolan he wrote ufos and national security so he basically he, his books were on recovering all of the official recorded uh, incidents that by the military yeah, and different right. types of government stuff. Um, okay. So that was kind of, I was interested because it was like legitimate yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> so the, 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 you know what's funny? I, I watched it on Netflix, so it just came out, and uh, he was interviewed by Joe Rogan. You're what, you're yeah, Joe yeah, Rogan Joe Rogan. Rogan. He interviewed Elon Musk as well, right? Yeah, no, yeah. One. So Joe Rogan is like is one of the most popular podcasts in the internet. Yeah, I mean it is huge, um, and uh, he's Joe Rogan is actually kind of an interesting guy because in some ways you listen to him and you're like, okay, this guy does not sound like a very educated person, but he's pretty smart. He's okay. pretty bright, um, and he talks to a lot of interesting people. Um, and uh, he, he was he surprises me a little bit. Um, so, but he did. A, I thought he did a pretty good interview. Um, 
And uh, so, because after after I saw it, I just happened to come up with Joe Rogan and you know the interview. So what? Up for, on my so show. the whole documentary is him him interviewing this guy? No, the whole documentary is just a, is is by is just about um, is interviewing um, is the is about Bob Lazar, you know, and his wife and his his company. He has like a science science supply company and. Okay. They're, you know, and they're just kind of talking with him about stuff. And, and there were some interesting things, you know, for sure about it. Like, for one, like, he had talked about, like, one of the elements that was integral to the power supply was, like, this element 115, which didn't exist on our periodic table. And everyone's like, that is so stupid. That is, it's an impossible element. Well, it turns out, like, I don't know, eight or ten years later or something, it was discovered. It's called like Moscovian or something like that. So he was right about that. And there was this other thing where like he had described this sort of primitive biometric scanner that would scan your hand. And now it turns out that some people came out later and said, oh, yeah, we had that at some various government weapons labs. And there were actually pictures and videos of people. Interesting. So some of the stuff that he said that was true, there was that, that he said, that that's bullshit, that's bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. that's bullshit actually turned out to be true okay. later. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But... The thing that I can't get around, which makes me highly suspicious of the whole thing. I mean, look, the idea of recovered alien spacecraft being worked on by the government is a great story, right? And I'm a science fiction fan. I like a great story. So I like, it's sort of like, you know, uh, was it Fox Motor? Like, I want to believe. You want it <laughs> like, to I want to believe. I want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, that sounds awesome. But um, the problem is that there was a lot of debunking with his um, education that he had said that he was, I think, I think it was an undergrad degree at MIT and, and a master's degree at, and, uh, at uh, Caltech or vice versa, but that none of that stuff was able to be verified. Like the, the, the schools had no record of him. And, you know, the, 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 um, the assertion by him and by, you know, sort of his supporters is that the government had gone in and just said, hey, we need to discredit this guy. When this guy came out and leaked this stuff, we need to discredit him somehow. We need to give the skeptics and debunkers something to hang your hats on so that people can wipe this away and go, okay, that's clearly bullshit. Like, he's <laughs> obviously lied about these these things. If he lied about where he got his degree from, we can't really trust him about anything. But, but I mean, you don't, you don't go to... A university just on your own like there's you've got this class full of well, people. well that's what i'm saying so like, i'm like <laughs> you know so i graduated from university of chicago in 1990 there's a whole bunch of people who right. can corroborate that story right so in 1992 was email i mean there was a few there were a few people who used email i didn't use email unless they kill all your classmates yeah but, but listen <laughs> listen so this is before so he was in school in the late 70s early 80s yeah late 70s so there's not going to be, they're probably not going to be computer records. It's going to be paper records at that point of a lot of the stuff. Mm. Um, um, so is it conceivable that if, if the government really wanted to, they could have some sort of CIA, CIA type operatives go in and pressure someone to say, hey, we need, we need this person's records for national security purposes, blah, 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 whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. But the reality is that, I mean, even though I'm not as in touch with this amount of people that some people, that like nowadays everybody's on Facebook so nobody leaves behind anybody they met anybody who they were even remotely friends with now it's like they follow them around forever on Instagram and Facebook you know for me it was like once you left college I mean you might have had the phone numbers of like three people other than that it was like I'll never see you again yeah, you know yeah, I have no yeah. idea where these, these people go to wherever part of the country they were from or oh, whatever yeah. city or going to grad school somewhere and you know you're in touch with a handful of people but so that's you're saying it. it's possible no but what I'm saying is 
even in like my situation, I still had like three or four really good friends. You know, maybe I made more, more like up to 10 really good friends that I could give you contact in for to say, hey, look, just call these people. I'm sure they don't want to go on the record, but you can, you know, give it to yeah. an investigator report to go right, and talk right, to people yeah. and say, yeah, you know, I, I was in math class, Jason, or yeah, I lived in the same dorm, or yeah, so I played on his own basketball So he team. could say that to any reporter or whatever. Yeah. And, but then even then, it's like there's still like, dozens of other people who I am who I was friendly with who I may not be in touch with but they'd be like oh yeah you know we were whatever so it's like if you can't do that that seems really I mean if you can't verify that it'd be really weird yeah you probably didn't go that sounds really unlikely to me yeah I mean I'd be like what dorm just stand what especially where'd you with live? an investigative journalist I mean like y you or I could do that we could just call up someone's friends you know what i mean yeah like, give me your friends it doesn't take a lot of effort you know you could be like you know you could even if you did the friends thing you could go okay well, what apartments did you live in do you live in the dorm or apartments yeah. oh these apartments okay who, who, you know what were the landlords oh it's png apartment yeah. rentals go kind of yeah. record they probably have records by exactly. like yeah you know there's just so much you leave footprints everywhere yeah you know if you were there for you know even your master's you've been there for two years you know so I don't know. So that, that the, the thing is, is it's like one of those things which is like you watch the video, I mean the documentary, and you listen to the interview with Joe Rogan, and he comes across as a really genuine guy. Re he comes, in comes across as intelligent. He doesn't come across as weird or evasive. He, he doesn't come across as like he's trying to create a platform for himself or holding stuff back for like, oh, I'm going I'm to have a pay for special or make money or I'm going to give seminar. You know, none of that stuff. He's like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. It's not something I'm interested in doing, you know. And he has, and apparently, according to him and according to the people around him, he's like, you know, he hasn't profited off any of this stuff. This is not something, you know, he's been engaged in. So you're like, okay. So if... If something like that were to happen, okay, let's go into the hypothetical world of, okay, so what would, and, and some physicist came out and said, look, <laughs> this, this, this has actually happened. What would that look like? How would that, how would that whole thing happen? What would the person's demeanor be like? How would they talk about things? You know, it's not too far off, almost like how you'd imagine it. You'd be like, huh, yeah, I guess that sounds, because the one thing he kept saying, which was really interesting, he's like, because Joe Rogan was asking him, like, well, how, I mean, what, do you make any progress? And he's like, well, not much. He's like, the thing is, is like, what if you went down and dropped a nuclear reactor in, in front of some scientists from the Victorian age? They don't even know about, they don't know about particles or radioactivity. They don't know any about, anything about any of that stuff. Like, what are they going to do, saw into it? Or, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like really hard to make any progress because you just don't understand, you really don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And so there are no wires. That seems real. That seems very real answer. Yeah, it was a really thing. This is also was kind of scary because you know if you dropped a power something that had that had that created that kind of power, and it's dangerous. Like anyone who anyone who interacted with a nuclear reactor from like say a nuclear submarine or something, right? Yeah, and they they would all die. They would all. He die said no wires. There were no wires of any kind. No, it was anything like that. And um, so everything's just like, I mean, if it. Assuming it's true. Well, let's say even as a story. Everything's just yeah. working at such a nanoscale that it's like you can't even see anything. And uh, yeah. I don't know, it, was like, it was like there was a properties of the metal itself. But, but you can imagine like our Wi-Fi. Like there are no wires. Like how are you talking to somebody who's a long way away? And, and then even someone who's vaguely aware of a, even somebody who we have a telegraph system of the, like with late 1800s or something. And we have this phone that's not attached to anything. I mean, it is utter magic. Yeah, it is utter magic. magic, and um, 
So you could see, like, if, if, if there was some civilization that was hundreds of thousands or millions of years or more advanced, their technology would and could potentially be that have that same and it's through the power of gradualization that we already spoke about like how how you how an iphone got to this which is so different to a flip phone you know just which these I had, which, gradual which i had as late as 2011 <laughs> <laughs> these gradual iterations you know it's yeah crazy and just gradually miniaturizing smaller and smaller using like lasers to move atoms around like oh my god yeah so it was um it was I mean, I find that stuff kind of amusing and kind of interesting. I was like, you know, on the one hand, you're like, God, that's like, the guy seems so believable. I mean, it's so, it's such an out there story, but the guy seems so genuine. But then you have this, this thing about his education, which just seems but completely like, bullshit. And you're just why, like, well, what? Tell, tell me this. I, I genuinely don't understand. In today's day and age, why would it matter for the government to say that? To say what? We've got recovery. We've got remains of some some spaceships. Uh, okay, so let's say like it what what, okay. what fucking effect would it have on society? I mean, it'd be it'd be like yeah, like of course. You yeah, know people. What I, mean? Are, I mean, yeah, probably have, probably most people actually most think people it's like, true yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, of course, they, of, course. Like, of course, the government has right. Exactly, it'd be like yeah. The, okay, now tell me some real news. Okay, I'm really glad that you confirmed that, but like, <laughs> who gives a shit? You know. Oh, and just another reason for me to not believe in God. You know. Right. Well, I think, um, well, I don't, you know, I don't think it has any relationship to that necessarily, but to religion, but um, the, um, I would think that it has to do with a uh, couple things. One, um, weapons potential. So if you have something that has the kind, that kind of power, so this, the whole thing, uh, the ships the, in, 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 you know, according to the, to the Bob Lazar was that they operated on the sort of, um, you know, manipulate gravity. They could create gravity, can manipulate gravity, which we obviously don't have the ability to do. And so that was what allowed the ships to move and they sort of, you know, in that way. And um, it seemed to sort of um, break the laws of physics the way they would move. You know, when you report them, which is like shoot off instantaneously, be gone and move all kind of weird things. And they're all, you know, when you see these sightings and radar yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's what happened. He's like, the amount of power that it takes to do that is seemingly immense. So if this stuff is weaponizable, I mean, what is the government, all these research labs, the most thing they're focused on is military applications, right? I mean, that's whether or not we as the regular population think that's something that should be occupying so much of our dollars and government's concern. That is what a huge percent of the government is about, is a militarization of that kind of uh, uh, militarization. And so if but, they had that stuff, then it'd be some pressure to, to share it. Okay, but like Trump is like the number one conspiracy theorist like he's absolute he loves conspiracy theories so he's now in the office with all the information wouldn't he be telling people like someone like that he wants to tell i don't people. i mean look i don't even know but like let's 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 i don't want to get on the trump like that's no, just, I'm not, I, I, but let, let's just nothing. talk about let's just talk about that i mean just to talk about in theory why would a government that had something like that not want to share it yeah I think it's obvious they wouldn't want to share it because they wouldn't want to share the potential. You know, they may not be able to leverage the technology now for weapons, or but they may in 10, 20 years. Because if you had the kind of weapons, you'd be essentially unstoppable. There's nothing, you can impose your will on anything. Okay. And you certainly wouldn't want somebody to be able to use it against you. Okay. If it was true and there was, you know, that, that it exists, how could you suppress it from 
the, all the other sightings and all the other well, stuff. Well, yeah, going, you're, you're talking about completely different stuff. Like you're, you're changing, you're changing topics. So you're talking about why would the government not? You're asking no, the question: Why would the government not? If if it had some I kind of, it. why would the government not want to share really advanced technology? I think that answers itself. Okay, I don't think you have to it. even answer that question. I hear your answer to that. How could you suppress it? From from how could they? Well, okay. for, so, is, so, is it just by making it seem like ridiculous? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's say this. Let's say this. So either okay, we have we have two situations. We ever have either it's it's real or it's fake. Right. Okay. There could be some middle ground, but let's say they're either either it, it, it is either real or it's fake. If if it's either way, it's leaked out, right? Like every it's it, it, it nothing has been nothing has been. I mean, there's been leaks all over the place of different kinds. Now you could say. All those leaks could be fake. All the stuff could be just just people saying weird stuff and making stuff up, or or not. I mean, so okay. Let's say that one thing that's been leaked is is real. So let's say it's likely that it's real. It's more likely that it's real than it's unreal because there's so much interesting and good evidence from all the different, like even like the the Dolan. Well, stuff the latest. Well, the latest. You saw the latest stuff that came out. Um, in the news, just a few like a month or two ago, about the about the the, the you know the the um, the government program that they actually were tracking this stuff and thinking it's real, right, yeah. and that the the military had seen all this stuff and these pilots and all stuff. This has been in like the mainstream news in the last. So month my question to you is, what difference does it make to you if you absolutely knew it was real? It doesn't it doesn't real other than just like oh that's a cool story or that's cool. I mean, so you'd be like, would would it change your life in any way? Would you no. would you no. like? pursue a different course or no. bring it into your reality or something. I know. I think I think I think most people are on some kind of spectrum of thinking this stuff's complete bullshit to like, hey, that's kind of I think it I, yeah, there probably is. Or they probably change their minds over time. They probably think I you know, and some people are very, are highly skeptical of everything. Some people kind of believe everything and some people just kind of I mean change their opinions every once in a while. Like, hey yeah, maybe that could be by far true. the coolest would be if it was like a Federation situation you had to be a planet that had achieved a certain level of spaceflight that you were then, you know, mm-hmm. pulled into the club. There was all these species. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be very, very cool. I, I wish that existed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, do you watch the Orville? Do I watch the Orville? What is the Orville? No, that's like that kind of... It's, it's Seth... Uh, Seth um, what's his McFarlane? name? McFarlane? Seth, Seth McFarlane, yeah. And he's, it's like sort of a funny version of Star Trek. Or Except like. not really that funny. It's more just like a version of the next generation. It's, it's like really, really faithful to it. But they have a more of a sense of humor about they it. They do have a sense of humor. Yeah, they but do have a sense of Is it actually Star, in the Star Trek universe or is it? No, it's in, it's in its own universe, but it's, it's, it's basically extremely Star Trek s- sim- similar, like mm-hmm. with just slightly different. It's like, it's like a parallel Star Trek, you know? I see. Um, but, but the characters they have, and it does that thing that Next Generation did so well, which is just, really thought-provoking stuff, you know, makes you think about stuff, makes you think about different things like, you know, weird time stuff or feminism or just all sorts of stuff like that. Or feminism? Uh, like, like, <laughs> Does that have to do with... No, well, no, I mean, you know how Star Trek just made you sort of think about, like, different stuff, you know, okay. like, ra- okay. like ra- race issues okay. Oh, okay. or, you, you know, okay. Okay. like, it's just, it's very thought-provoking. Okay. Yeah. But I, I would definitely recommend for you, did you like The Next Generation? No. Oh, you didn't? I like the. I thought they had no personalities. I, oh, thought, it, then, I thought it was. Then like, I definitely recommend you do not watch it because it is a lot like the next generation. I hated. I, I like the original Star Trek with Captain Kirk. He was awesome. Okay. He was cool. He had personality, sense of humor. He's always making moves on the ladies. You know, he was great. 
And then you got to this like politically correct, humorless, personalityless version of it. It was uh, the news and the, and the um, new generation. I was just like, ugh, okay. horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people loved it, but for me, it was just like I just couldn't, couldn't stand it. Um, I although I knew um, I mentioned before, I, one of my next door neighbor was one of the guys on. I guess it was Star Trek Voyager yeah, or something. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. What was his name again? Garrett. Yeah. He was like Ensign something and whatever. Nice. Oh, and the funny thing was is that my good friend Todd and his wife Mona were huge fans of the show and they were like a couple doors down and when they realized who he was, they like literally lost their shit. They were like, oh. I was like, all right guys, listen, don't freak out, start leaving like, you know, stuff on his doorstep or whatever. Like just, he's just a normal guy. Like he's just the guy who calls me up. Hey Chase, can you give me a ride to the train station? That's Garrett. My neighbor Garrett, like he's not Edison, whatever. He's just the guy who always have to take to the train station. Um, but uh, anyway, so Orville. So any other shows? Uh, Umbrella Academy. I've been watching recently. Yeah, it's my kind of kids weird. and saying the kids watch it. I didn't like that. That was kind of dumb. You um, like that? Jess, it's it's okay. I mean, I'm just watching it because I started Jessica Jones. I always like. I love those all the Marvel ones. Yeah. 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 Luke Cage, you watch that? Yeah, I love that. I haven't seen that. Is that good? Yeah, really good. Yeah, Jessica huh. Jones. But but um, I told you about you saw. You, did you see Daredevil? Mm. The what? The the uh, the, the movie the, with uh, no Daredevil? no not, not the movie the 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 series. There's three there's three there's three series of Daredevil on uh, Netflix, and mm. I highly recommend them because Vincent D'Onofrio plays the villain in in series one. I don't know who that is. And, well, he's a he's a guy who plays a lot of gangsters kind of guy. Okay, but he's he's he plays. I mean, he deserves an Oscar for this for this villain called Fisk. Fisk, and the villain is so well done and well, so evil. Is so the evil. Series, which Daredevil? Well, Daredevil series one and Daredevil series three. He comes back in series three and he's in series one. Wait, are and these completely with completely different Daredevil actors and different production companies and stuff? Or is no this Marvel? Like- it's all Marvel, but it's a different actor to the main daredevil movie that they did yeah but but when you say there's three different you mean three it's different seasons seasons yeah okay so seasons. it's the same series same series yeah sorry okay i mixed up the word series for seasons okay that's fine i just but I, I i de- if you want something that's just like dramatic i recommend daredevil. You know, okay so what's daredevil. the but what's the best of all these marvel netflix marvel series daredevil what? three daredevil three it's like but but you you should watch Daredevil one and two Daredevil first. Three. Daredevil two, it's sort of really annoying that it Daredevil. exists. You know how like when they have something, this amazing thing. Daredevil one is great. Daredevil two is just average. Daredevil three is really it's really funny. Good. The way you said that just reminded me of. Um, did you ever see the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, you haven't seen it? What is it again? Oh, it's like it's like um, what was the guy who did Almost Famous? And um, he's a fame. Oh, he's. Uh, he's a famous, uh, I don't know, director or whatever. He did. He he went back to high school. Yeah. To see how high uh, he f- faked himself as a high school as a teenager to kind of get a story, and uh, he came out with and wrote Fast Times Richmond High and almost didn't get made and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, what did I remind you? Well, of? the guy asked. Well, well, Sean Penn's in it. He plays Spicoli. Okay. I mean, you you gotta. All right. You all have right. to watch. It's it's a it's like one of those like. <sighs> You know, I mean, it, it came out in the mid '80s, but it's 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 like just fan, it's great. Um, anyway, the uh, like one guy, one two teenage get boys are talking to each other. Then one guy says, "What? 
you know, what's the, what music should I play on the date? And the guy's like, Led Zeppelin four, side two. <laughs> why you you said that you're like dear number three i'm like let's have a four side two like that's that's that you you want to when you were with the girl alone in the I car really do. Oh, no, i mean this is this really good i mean luke cage is really good i mean honestly all the all the marvel stuff on netflix is really good because it has it has a lot more drama than the other stuff mm -hmm. so and and it's the drama that makes it kind of interesting have you seen um murder mystery on netflix this mystery. murder mystery. It's this. It's this. Oh, is that with um, Jennifer Aniston you know, we're and uh, Adam we're, Sandler? Um, we, the night before last, we watched. It. We've got to watch about the first third of it. Yeah, it's. It, we just saw. It. Anyway, Georgie googled it. We started watching it, and then we sort of kept watching it. It it was silly, um, but a couple of notes about that. Georgie googled it. Um, apparently, that is like one of the most watched movies. <laughs> like a hundred million people watched that movie because it's on Netflix. Because it's on Netflix. They, they put a movie out and like whoa it just go it's just so many the people distribution see it. channel is yeah just, it's just crazy so um yeah that's but, interesting but, but right? also a lot of people watched it um so you know they put stuff out on netflix not everyone watches it but like everyone watched this on netflix what's interesting is um i think the reason is is because murder mystery is a timeless do you say genre or genre genre yeah what do you I, say I say genre. So murder, murder mystery is like a timeless. You can genre. say genre if you'd like. I mean, I, I understand. And I think that all the like all these millennials haven't seen, you know, like murder mystery, like Poirot and all that kind of stuff. So it's sort of a great. It's a great thing. You just sort of capitalize on something that's obviously a very successful formula that lots of people haven't seen before. Yeah. Well. So it's um, murder on the Orient Express and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the Agatha Christie type stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm halfway through. It's pretty funny. It's like the ugly. They play the ugly Americans. Yeah, you know, the that, idiot kind of. Yeah, so that's the reason why I think 100 million people watched it because because it's like millennials and young people discovering murder mysteries for the first time. Well, well, for well, millennials are now older. Millennials are sometimes okay. In their well, 30s, the, the, so the new millennials, like, as if they're like okay, the the new whatever the next thing the, is, the, the new 20 year olds, whatever they are. You know, I don't but, know what they're called. Um, I really like them. I thought they had good chemistry, but I really like their movie. Just go with it. Did you see that? Uh, remind me of the plot. So um, I, I might have seen it. Uh, so uh, what's the what's the actor's name? What's the the? the I, I don't know. Uh, you know I need, that's what I need Gilmore. you to remember. That. Come on. Oh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. So he um, he's like a, a oh god, like a plastic surgeon or something, and he's and Jennifer Aniston is like his. Oh, I haven't assistant seen it. or whatever, yeah. and he gets caught a big lie, and but he has with this um, this younger beautiful woman that he's wants to marry or wants to you know be with and so he he convinces jennifer aniston and her kids to play along with him in this big lie and it just keeps getting bigger and crazier and she just is like rolling her eyes and she's like all right fine and his kids and it's and all these other people get wrapped up in the lie. it's really funny i i mean i it was one of those things i saw on a plane a plane trip yeah. you know but I look back, I watched it a little bit of the day, and I mean, there's still parts of it, like I think, like that, that are really, really funny. So I recommend just go with Adam it. Adam Sandler's done some funny stuff. <laughs> He's done some funny stuff, but a lot of stuff is so silly. It that is. But it's like, yeah, I like mean, Happy like, Gilmore, for example. But God, I hate it, Bob Barker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, there's a, like, it, it lines out funny. of it. It is funny. There's some lines out of it, like, yeah. I hate that Bob Barker, that are just great. <laughs> I mean, there were, you know. Do you like Ben Stiller? Uh, yeah, I've liked him in some things, sure. Mm. I, I mean, I haven't seen some of the stuff he's done, like, was it, um, what was the one where he and, uh, oh, God, 
Uh, was it Owen Wilson? Yeah, Owen Wilson, and they did the the, uh, the models. What was that thing? They're both. Like you these... haven't seen Zoolander? Zoolander. No. Oh my god, that's absolutely classic. You have to see Zoolander. Should I watch Zoolander? Oh yes, okay. you would really like it. Okay, I promise. Maybe we should watch that. Yeah, I need yeah. to. Well, you know, because a lot of times you get there. You know, now with Netflix and you know Hulu and HBO, Amazon Prime, it's like you can watch whatever you want to watch almost whenever I know, you watch yeah. it. And you're always like, "What do you want to watch?" I don't know. It's like a tyranny of choice every night. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what am I exactly in the mood for? Because it's like you could. It's like if you could eat anything for dinner. Well, I think you should change the <clears throat> change the the way you look at it. Say, okay. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to sort of make that choice. I'm just going to start watching something I think that maybe I'm slightly peaked and say, I'll give it 10 minutes. If it gets me, if it hooks me in 10 minutes, then I'll stick with it. Do you ever feel like stressed? Like the idea, like I'm going to get sucked into watching something that I, ha- I don't want to watch and then I kind of have to finish it. And it, actually, it's like all the pressure of like a I long kind movie. of do. Like that's why I'm finishing Umbrella Academy because <sighs> I'm like into it. I need to see. In fact, you know what I do now? This is something I started doing with a few shows. It's like don't tell me you watch I, it on two times speed. No, I'm just okay. like I'm just like okay, look, I, I'm just like for, clicking the, the 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 play thing, like forwarding ten minutes. Okay, did did they answer the question? I need to answer. Did they answer the question? What the hell? Because I'm like shit. I got to get back to working on my look, side you're project. You're not getting you're not getting like <laughs> tax credits for watching <laughs> Umbrella no, Academy. No, but I need to know. It's like it it's posed the question in my brain, right? So like, what's the answer? What's going to happen? So I'm just like fast forwarding. Okay, does it answer? Does it answer? And then unfortunately, sometimes it. Something comes up and sh- presents a new question, and then I'm like, "Oh crap! Uh, I got to watch like the next lost, episode." Like <laughs> yeah. lost every episode of Lost, open you know, answer two que- answer three questions, raise seven more. Now the the guy in Lost, um, Sawyer. I like Sawyer. He's like, good. He is so cool in Lost. Well, there's this other show that he did, Colony or something. Colony, yeah. And it's just so ridiculous. And it, I it, tried to watch. He half was an just made for Lost. He was just made for that one part. That's the problem with that guy. You think so? I think so, yeah. Well, I think it's a lot of actors. They just have, they play themselves. They're not these sort of character actors that can become anything. Right. They just, they are believable and as themselves, they have charisma and camera presence and all that kind of stuff. But they just, if that exact role isn't there, it's sort of hard to, um, oh God, I was just kind of blinking. Hold on one second. Um. Right. So um, Sandy has been pushing, um, was it Frost versus Nixon? Or Nixon versus Frost? Oh, okay. Right. And it was... In, it was uh, gr- that, that actor's great. The English guy. Yeah. Well, so He's so good. You know, so Sandy will be pushing stuff, and I was like, I don't know. And so I've been kind of like punting on it for the past, you know, month or whatever. And finally, she's, I'm, you know, we're, we, we sit down, and she's just like... What do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm kind of looking at my phone doing something. And she, she's like, all right. We're, and so I just said something. I'm like, I, what do we watch? She's like, Frost next. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. right. That was really good. I'm glad yeah. I watched it. Of course, I always tease her afterwards. I'm like, I don't know why you didn't want to watch that. Um, no, his name's I, Sheen, um, the, guy, the main guy. I just remember him as playing Zeus in Tron Legacy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he is am- amazing in The Good Fight. You know, there was a show, The Good Wife. Yeah. Well, The Good Wife now has a spinoff that's only available on CBS online, and it's The Good Fight. Huh. And it's a great show. It's, it, it's, the, it's utterly anti-Trump. Like, everything about it is okay. like anti-Trump in a way. But it's, it's, so it's, it's like sort of lawyers working out how to bring down Trump. 
Okay. But um, he plays a lawyer in that. It has to be the role of his lifetime. It's yeah. it's not until season two or season three, but it, it's so good. It's one of well, the best characters. So, so what is it? Like about I, I think seasons? it's two two or three seasons now. Yeah, I think it might be two seasons. Um, but oh my my god, it's a great show. A good fight. I do recommend that show, The Good Fight. I think it's better than Good Wife because the writers have complete reign to do whatever they want, and so it's it they do surreal stuff in there as well. Um, it's I, I recommend it. The Good Fight. Oh, The Good Fight. Um, we just, what did we watch recently? Oh, we watched the, um, what was the uh, one with Bundy? Uh, um, Manson thing? N- no, you no. know, you know um, Bundy was the guy who... who Ted was, Bundy? Ted Bundy. He was at this, he's he kind of this very good looking... Like a Manson, the same as Manson. But he, well, well, Manson was not a serial killer. Manson was... Oh, was a cult leader, right. A cult leader yeah, who inspired it, a bunch of his yeah. people to kill, but... Um, was, but was Bundy the one that your brother... No, that was Kraft. Oh, okay. So my older brother, for anyone who hasn't gone back and listened to shows, hundreds of shows go, but my <laughs> older brother had a run-in and was almost killed by uh, a serial killer who, and this is in like early 80s, late 70s, who preyed on, strangely, Marines. Yeah. It was like big game hunting. Like he would um, meet them in bars, just get a conversation with them, and then he'd kind of drug them in their drink and then like be, act like their buddy go home and take them home and he would, you know, tie them up and mutilate them and kill them yeah and my brother jay i wrote a big story about it you know he he didn't quite realize who it was until later and when he read a story about the guy and he recalled the whole experience and so he wrote a big story it was in the atlantic or something uh, or the atlantic listed as one of the 100 best pieces of writing for the year this is like probably three or four years ago. He, he said that this guy <laughs> was like the most charismatic person he'd ever met in his life yeah. it was like yeah he was just really yeah really, yeah and i think um I, I imagine that um, Ted Bundy had that effect on a lot of these young women. I mean, I don't know. In some cases, he just busted in and like literally killed people. In other, in other cases, he acted like he had a broken arm and asked for they could help care, put this thing in his car or whatever. Um, just don't help people. That's the problem. It makes you it, it, like it makes you want to be a worse human. You know, just yeah, don't help a, people. Yeah, that's the problem. You know, it's like. You always want to stay aware, and if somebody seems a little weird or are a little off, or the situation just seems a little weird, you want to avoid it. But you know, avoid that person, avoid the situation. But I mean, obviously, all this stuff is so exceedingly rare that you can't live your life, you know, looking out for serial killers. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Silly. But um, that was a good. I think that was pretty well done. I well, we'd watched the documentary, the Ted Bundy documentary, on uh, it was a Netflix or one of these things. That was really good, and so mm. I knew the story in detail because it was like a, a um multi-episode breakdown of his whole life and all this stuff and all of his escapes and all his manipulations and everything. There's just so much to watch. There's so there much is. good stuff. Well, we live, we're like in the golden age. Like there's just Crazy. an infinite supply. Although when you get to oh, Netflix, you start scaling through, you're like, there's so you much know crap. What? So we just signed up. I, I want to try an experiment. Would Jack like some of the old cartoons? You know? Oh, like Bugs Bunny or yeah, something? Well, more like Roadrunner. And stuff like that. Oh, that's yeah. Like that's so, we thing. so we there's a channel called Boomerang we just signed up for. It's got everything, mm-hmm. and it's so funny watching him as a five year old experiencing Roadrunner for the first time, and also Lindley, who's the cousin who lives with us. And they're like, they're like, why do why do that coyote is so dumb? Why, <laughs> <laughs> why does he do that every time? He's like, he can't get a good plan together. Like they're right. saying that and they're cracking up so much. So they like it. They love it. Oh yeah. They love that old cartoons. We did, we're watching wacky races as well. Remember that with Dastardly and Muttley? No. 
Oh man, there's so many old. That English one? No, it's American. Oh. Hanna Hanna Barbera. Okay. Like Hong Kong Fooey is another one. God, I don't. There's so that many great cartoons that Han that Hanna Barbera did. Top Cat. No, I don't recall that oh one. Oh my either. gosh. Jeez, I don't remember. You know, I had my kid. I tried to get everyone to watch um, Steven Spielberg's. I think it was his first major motion picture. Oh, that was the one with the truck. The truck. The his Steven Spielberg's. What movie are you talking about? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like it, it's like Jaws, except there's a big truck that's chasing you. That was his first movie. Uh, a giant that truck. That is a Stephen King. Stephen's oh maybe movie. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it was called, like High Octane or something. Okay. I don't know what the hell it's called, but um, and uh, it was like if you remember the movie Cujo? Nope. Or the the dog that that this giant you know dog that's going after people anyway it's like the dog was a truck same story it's essentially the same story you know um devil takes over the truck or something um no no this is i don't know what you're talking about maybe there's but one of the was movie 1941 yeah with it was like a, it was at the movie so i guess there was i think there was some sighting of like a of a Japanese, or maybe a potential sighting of a Japanese submarine off the coast of California, and people freaked out, and there's all this thing. Anyway, they made like a, a screwball comedy out of it, and it had like James Belushi and all oh this stuff. Oh my God. And I remember it being really funny. And was and it? I still liked it, you know? <laughs> maybe it was for nostalgic reasons. I yeah. was laughing, and I was like, God, pay attention. And Sandy, and, and uh, it's just like looking at her phone, rolling her eyes, like, oh, this is so dumb. <laughs> and uh, our um, our niece who's visiting, who's 20, is just like, they're just like, they can't even look up their phones. It's not even, it doesn't even, it's not enough to warrant even looking up. Wow. And then my girls are just like, Daddy, this is really dumb. <laughs> Col <laughs> but Colby and I, there were some hilarious things. You know, people like, you know, falling off things and like, you know, and he and I are like cracking up, but I'm just like, I don't know. I like it. 1941 is a good. All right. Let's, um, we should get off movies and TV Yeah, I was going to say, we, yeah. How, how's, how's Math Academy? Any news? Uh, let's see. So, um, well, I'm teaching a summer course in, uh, math, introduction to mathematical proofs, which is, um, and you know, what's funny about that class is that the kids are, uh, just super quiet. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous episode. No, you didn't say that. So they're super quiet. So whereas before, especially with my group with Colby and his crew, like I couldn't get those guys to shut up so I could just tell it, say something. <laughs> guys, stop. Just like, let me just explain this. Because like, oh, you it's do this. It's really guys, difficult. Guys, guys, Riley, Colby, David, just stop, stop. All right, you're like, all right, here, if you're going to integrate over a surface, blah, blah, you know, right? Like with these guys, I go on and I explain all this stuff and I turn around and, I'll, and I'm constantly trying to interact with them. All right, can somebody tell me the next step? Anybody? Anyone? Hey, I'm like, do you guys, does this make sense? Do you get Georgie it? Georgie talks about um, that as being one of the sort of foundations of, um, of like, uh, you sort of feeling secure human interaction mirroring. Mm -hmm. So basically it's sort of like if you're, if you're ordering a takeout and the person doesn't re repeat what you said, it just leaves you feeling kind of uncomfortable, you know? And that's sort of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, right I'm there. like, I'm like, are you guys interested in this? Do you right. understand this? You know, but I think part of the problem is that it's a really big room and all the kids are sitting really far back, huh. like 40, 50 feet away from me. Them? Can you move them? You know, maybe it could, but these are big tables. I don't know if it's worth it, but it's like, <sighs> I, whereas with the rooms room before, I mean, the kids are like, you know, three feet away, two feet away. They're right there. I used to hate that performing, like singing. 
and then you you go into a venue and then everyone would be at the back and you're and like th- there'd just be like empty tables at the front it'd be like that's oh kind of how God. it is and it yeah. just feels it this distance creates a disconnect and um i mean it's a beautiful room and there's big beautiful whiteboard i mean it's nice but it's like it it i think it creates less um less connection why don't you just move Jazz up front? Yeah, but it's only two more weeks. It's a five week course. It's only two more weeks. Okay. Uh, at this point, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but um, um, but it's fun. You know, I'm teaching all. It's I'm teaching the, this really advanced, you know, proof based introduction to abstract math proof stuff. Stuff that I did when I was like a sophomore in college, freshman sophomore in college, and um, then uh, Colby is my TA. Yeah, yeah, you say that. Which is working okay. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He knows the material and he's able to help people, but he doesn't have the light, a light touch. Got it. You know, I have to say, look, Colby, you have You're to right, be yeah. positive I and be helpful. That. He's, oh, you're just wrong. Yeah, I mean, Colby, just, yeah. you know, like, he's not paying attention. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, that's not, you know, his kids are your age or your younger. He's like, he's not paying attention. I'm like, Colby. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, he's 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 a fourteen year old kid, right? So, and not the most, you know, with with not the most highly developed social. Yeah, uh, talking about Colby, I got that that lovely email about his team, and I and, want to thank you for donating. Of course, to his man. Football team. So, 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 where's my fifty bucks going to go? Uh, What's it going to do? I don't know. Hopefully, it'll result in some touchdowns of some sort. <laughs> no, so Colby's. Colby plays for the high school football team and they do this like big donation drive. And so every kid is supposed to get 20 email addresses Okay. Um, that the team can email out and ask for a, a donation. And so um, I think we had like 26. I mean, I was Easy hesitant. I was like, oh, I was like, who can I send it to? Who of my friends <laughs> and family send it to? It's not going to really annoy them. So it was like you and Phil and Tom and Isaac. I mean, I had like, People who are just gonna, they're gonna be how like, did you why know, is Jesus enemy? How did you know hell? it wouldn't annoy me? Well, I did think. I mean, people <laughs> who are, I said, these, these, are, these are friends of mine who are good friends of mine and have a generally positive disposition. <laughs> you know, they're just not gonna get annoyed by it. Yeah. So, but I think he raised, like, I think from our family, of course, we gave a big, Sandy gave a big donation, um, but we gave like, it was like 20% of all the money raised or for the team or something like that. So we had a few friends who That's came great. in big with $100 donations and things like that. And your $50 is really nice. So, I mean, it was... I was I was going to put in more, but no, then... that was fine. But like, I was going to put in 100 but then Phil put in 50 And I was like, oh, man, if I put in... It was it was really difficult. I was like talking through with the politics with George. Oh, how do you know what he put in? Did it list what everybody It put? listed. So I was thinking, I was, talk, I was thinking the, the politics is like... If I put in a hundred, then I'm going to make Phil feel bad. <laughs> and if I put in, you know, like fifty, like, and I don't want to seem like I'm showing off or something. <laughs> so it's like, okay, uh, I guess I should do the same as Phil, right? Yeah. Well, you know what <laughs> happened was, <clears throat> so he'd been asking me about it, and I hadn't really done anything about it. And it was like the night before, and we're sitting there in the living room and kind of getting dinner ready and all these kinds of stuff. And so Sandy's like, "All right, well, we got these. Give me some phone. Give me. We have, you know, got." The grandparents got the aunt and uncle, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, hey, Jafil, Justin, and I'm going like this, and I'm just wincing. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> who am I going to have to bother with this? <clears throat> and then, uh, so the email went out, and then so Sandy saw the email that went out, and it had, like, his profile picture, and he had this really dumb look on his face, like a goofball look. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I gave you my contacts. 
and you're making this stupid look in her face, I'm like, fix that now. Right. Like, these are adults. These are not kids. Okay. You know? so I got kind of mad about that because I was just like, you know, if I if I give you my email list, like you treat that very respectfully, you know. So anyway, luckily, luckily it was the one thing because there, there were HTML emails, so they're not going to load the picture until someone opens it and you change it right away and put a nice sort of photo. But there's so much to think about as parents, isn't there? Like all this stuff. Yeah, man. Crazy. Like, for example, when we when we go on play dates, you know, if I don't sort of prepare food like, and, you know, have some carrots and some hummus and some stuff. And then I go out on the play date because, because I'm a dad, I'm like a, like a dad who's not thinking about that stuff. And then the mom, she'll open her backpack and she'll have all this prepared stuff and snacks for her kid. And I'll be like, Oh my God, I completely forgot to do snacks. You know, <laughs> it's like, right. I, I look like such a bad parent right now. Cause I didn't do snacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, let's see, what else is going on? I think we have some other topics uh i think i had a couple of things oh so speaking of uh math my um my our niece is visiting um, yep so she um so she is transferring from university of vermont to university of colorado because she wants to be an aerospace engineer and they don't have aerospace engineering at vermont okay <clears throat> and so problem was she did really poorly in her first semester of calculus okay and which was not surprising because she didn't take calculus in high school. And then when you take calculus in college, first of all, it's going to be a pretty challenging class being the nature of the subject. Also, most of the kids probably took calculus in high school. If you want to be an engineer, you probably took calculus mm-hmm. in high school, right? So they already know the subject pretty well. I mean, they might be a little rusty on it, forgot some of it, but they've already done it. And she took a year off after high school because she was, uh, she's a downhill ski racer. Okay. So she was trying to qualify for the World Cup, and so she was all over the world doing this stuff. And eventually, she said had too many injuries, and so she said, "All right, that's hang up, hang it. It's time to hang up the Olympic dreams and you know, yeah. go to college." So anyway, but that really makes your math rusty, because not only have you not done calculus, you haven't done any math mm-hmm. in over a year. So, um, so she fought her way back and got a B in her Calc two class, the second semester of calculus. But there were still a lot of holes and a lot of stuff. She, 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 she started, so the plan was, I was sort of, as it does, I wasn't volunteered. I was voluntold. But <laughs> <laughs> Sandy's like, okay, so Abby's going to come and stay out with us for part of the summer so that she can get help with her math. And I'm like, so... Who's going to be who's teaching her? <laughs> it's like, well, Colby. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, how many, you know how many hours Colby has spent working with her? Zero. So, um, so what she did is she took an online... Uh, she took like a an online course from the community college, Colorado University of Colorado, uh, whatever the community college is from that area, and um, so she could replace her grade and also actually learn learn this stuff. And um, so she's been out here where, where we're sitting, which is right outside my office. And um, and so we have the white whiteboard, yeah, white, we have the whiteboards out here and everything. And so um, she did all of Calc one in like ten days. Is she doing your math academy course stuff? Um, no, because she was doing this course because which was online. I mean, we had to do all the homework where it was online, and and um, and because she's trying to replace the grade and get credit for it and everything. Although a few times she's like, I don't understand, you know, take the derivative inverse function, whatever. I'm like, all right, here's the module on it. Read through these tutorials. Do the practice questions at the end. And I, I created a half dozen sort of 
review assignments for like some algebra and trig stuff that I thought she needed. And did it help? Did it help? I think so. Yeah, great. I think it helped. And um, for sure, because then we were doing this stuff and she just had some weird things that she didn't quite understand or had forgotten or didn't learn correctly and that were just constantly coming back and biting her in the ass. And I was like, look, you cannot ever cancel terms. Okay, you cancel factors, can't cancel terms. That is like never do that, you know. And uh, there were just some weird things like that, which are common errors um, for people. Anyway, it was it was amazing. She did it in ten days, but now it's like so. I would come out here and I'd lie down on the couch and, and look up at the whiteboards. I'm like, all right, what we got? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, and and it was fun because like, of course, I love calculus. <laughs> and then she'd be like, I don't understand. I'm like, oh, all right, let me show you. This is how you do it. And so we would go through, and some of these problems are really hard. I mean, they were really ramped up. And so we'd be out there trying to think through them. And then, but by the end of it, but she would fight through every one of them. She would sit there like do like eight or ten hours of math sometimes. We'd do like three or four sections. So she did the whole summer course in ten days. Is she still here? Uh, she went uh, to a wedding for future. She came back on Tuesday. So she, went right. on so she finished the entire course, and the instructor is like, you know, he, she's like, can I take the exams early? And he's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so he's going to let her take, and she's been already taking the exams, and I think she'll ace it. But it was, it was amazing, though. I mean, I was really, initially, I was concerned. I was like, okay, she got a C minus, meaning she probably has no clue what's going on. Maybe she doesn't have any business being an engineer, you know. Right. I'm a little worried about that. And maybe she just has no work ethic and, my, and her mom and dad convinced her to come out here, get help. And she's just going to be like, eh, I don't really want to do it. You know, I'm just kind of dreading. I haven't seen her since she was like 13. So I don't know yeah, what her right. disposition is going to be. And she came out here and she had a lot of, um, she had some um, confidence issues for sure and stuff. But boy, I mean, she was just, by the end of it, she was just like a monster. I mean, just crushing it. And like, she showed me the quiz. She's like, these quizzes and tests. I, she, she showed me after she finishes that. And I was like, oh, that was really easy. She's like, yeah, like, there was so, I'm just nothing. Like, it was just nothing. Like, just crushed the exams. That's great. And so it was pretty, I mean, in one hand, it was really distracting for me because I'm supposed to be getting work done and I'm out here like. <laughs> That's good, though. You know, I come out to help her and then it's like. It's good to help your family. What side of the, what cousin, if you're This remote? is her brother's daughter, Sandy's brother's daughter. So oh, it's, oh, I'm not related to it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Marriage, but, um, um, but she has the, so Sandy's father has this incredible natural ability to understand mechanical things. He has all these patents. He has a machine shop. He just is, that's just how his mind works. Sandy inherited it. It went through Colby. Colby can, Colby thinks he can fix anything, whether or not it's true. He thinks he can. You know, he just has right. that, oh yeah, I know how everything works, you know. And, <laughs> and, and she said, I asked her, I said, what? I said, you're a skier. Like her whole life was about skiing. I mean, what, where did this engineering thing come from? She's like, I don't know. It was somewhere in my end of high school. I just realized that I could, I was good at this stuff. I could just figure out how things worked. It was no problem for me. It was just mm -hmm. all came natural. I'm like, well, I know where that comes from. Yeah. You know, that comes directly from your grandfather. He just is like incredible. So, but the problem was that she just didn't have very good mathematical training and yeah. probably not very serious mathematical training because she was actually at a ski school where they would, they would ski in the first half of the day and they would have classes in the afternoon. So I don't think I don't think it, was, it probably wasn't bad, but it wasn't like was she uh, doing downhill racing? Did you say? Yeah, like giant slalom and slalom oh my gosh. and all that kind of stuff. Crazy. And so she had, as you know, unsurprisingly, she had accumulated some a series of some injuries that just yeah, you know, um, but uh, yeah. So it was it was one of my favorite things in life is um, is helping somebody get really good at something that they weren't good at before or didn't think they could be good at, mm -hmm. and especially with something like math or something that I love innately anyway. 
It's like how quick, like how. So it was funny. I was like, you need an Instagram pro. Just like she's like, I learned all of calc. I learned all of calc at one in the last two weeks. What'd you do? <laughs> you know, it's like my summer so far, all of calc one. You know, um, but uh, it was just amazing how quickly just blew through that stuff. I mean, mm. all those assignments. And so now she's going to come back for two more weeks, and we're going to do like. Um, she wants to do Calc 3, like a preview of Calc 3 and differential equations and mm. and uh, linear algebra, which are all things she'll need to take next year. And I was like, you know what, let's just get you a jump start on all that stuff. So it's like, you know, you know, like the first 30% of it or something. And what do you do? Give her a login? Well, we'll do, I'll create, well, I'll create accounts on the system, but then we'll, I'll do, I'll help teach her and we'll, we'll work through stuff. But like, if you come into like one of those courses and it's like, you know, for the first month, you're like, yeah, I know all this stuff. You're, you're feeling really good, mm-hmm. right? It's when you come in the first week, you're just like, what are they talking about? I understand the words they're using. I just don't even get it. But if you're yeah. already like, ah. And then it starts to get in the middle of the semester, and you're like, okay, this is kind of newer stuff. But you already have a good foundation because not only did you already know that stuff, but you've done it again, so now you know it really well. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of one of my big <laughs> So how was it? So from, from the, a business point of view, um, <clears throat> releasing courses for money, what's, yeah. the, what's the deal on that? Yeah, so... We're, we're close. I mean, so one of the big things is, so one of the big distractions has been, um, and I don't want to get too into this because we did the last show and we actually cut it. I actually asked you to cut it out because it got a little too, I think, in the weeds. Yeah, um, sure. But um, we yeah, have... Yeah, um, by the way, I just want to say we cut out about 40 minutes of discussion from the last show. Yeah. So that was like, we, 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 you are in trouble. You're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I felt bad about <laughs> it. But I, I listened to it and I was just like, this is horrible. I'm going to stab myself in the eye. Like, no. You know. um, so, uh, we, you know, we have these bridge course students where kids who take the course online in spring and summer to join as seventh graders. Yeah. Right. And they have to learn everything on their own. So that's like my primary focus right now because I have a half dozen kids who are trying to get through all this stuff. And so I'm like, back and forth with Alex, like, hey, we need to cover this, 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 and this, and this stuff is not finished in the system. Got it. So you and, just can't really work on the... I mean, I'm working on it, but it's like, this is a priority because, like, you know, I committed to supporting these kids and getting them through, and they work their butts off. I can't just sort of, like, half-ass it. You know, it's not fair to them. So, but this stuff needs to be done anyway, but it's just kind of, like, not... If we were trying to sell the courses, maybe we wouldn't be focusing on this right at this moment. But, um... Yeah, um, there's just more. There's a little more software stuff. So one thing you're looking at on these two whiteboards. So I had um, Justin, who's one of the Math Academy TAs. I know him. Yeah, yeah you know Justin. Guys, you met yeah. him at the Solve. So he has an undergrad degree in math. Um, really bright guy. He's doing the um, online. Um, he's doing videos for you, right? He's he's the one recording all the videos for us. He so the, the, the I was week. I don't know if I said this on the last show, but the videos are just so top quality, really really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, it took it took a lot of um, of 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 iteration. Like we probably had him shoot the first video like ten times. You know the the the, the format of the videos. I don't know if we said this, but basically it's an overhead an overhead camera. Looking at a piece of paper with with a guy drawing with a black background, black so it's background, all black, so there's no thing. White paper and drawing math with with a with a with, with a marker. Black, green, blue, red pens. Yeah. Now, what it really reminds me of is like from the seventies, the Open University. Hmm. Do you ever hear of that? The the, B, no. the BBC Open University. No. They used to have it, and th- and that's how they used to do it. Really. That's how they used to teach math 
on the Open University on BBC TV. Really? They had a guy, they, they did exactly that. And they just, they, they, they then have his face in the corner. But it, yeah, we it, don't it was, do the face in the corner. I had seen people do that, but yeah. I thought, I don't, I didn't see You any, don't need that, no. There's no benefit to it. The voice is enough. And I thought it was better not, to, I didn't want to connect it to individual people or yeah, personalities. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because I, you know, it's like, we could end up having three or four people, you know, it's just, because initially he said, hey, this is Justin from Math Academy. I'm like, don't say that. Don't say your name. Don't even say Math Academy. We won't even call it Math Academy. Like, just let's just be very... I mean, there might be a time in the future where you do... I mean, if you think about Solve, what you're doing is you're promoting stars in a way. You're, you're kind mm -hmm. of creating stars. You're creating personalities. Mm -hmm. So there may be some aspect of that in, at some point in the future. Not, not necessarily to do these videos, but some aspect of personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he um, so he shoots out all the videos. So he does like, we do like 10 to 15 a week. They're great. He does them. So we have a whole production line with, you know, so Alex will, Alex, who's the director of content, will say, okay, here are um, the 10 or 15 topics we want videos in. And we would we spread it out across subjects and across modules and everything. So we're kind of constantly, we have something for everything. And uh, we try and pick high traffic, difficult topics. This is stuff that people look at and they're like, what the hell is going on? Like, the, you, you know, you, I need a video for this. Some topics are really easy and you don't need it as much. Um, and then, and then um, Justin has to write up a plan, like a bullet point. Like, okay, so I'm going to introduce this. I'm going to mention this. I'm yeah. going to emphasize this. And this is the top. This is the example. And um, because at first we had him shoot them and then it was like, there was always the little problems. Oh, this problem, this example is too hard. Oh, you didn't mention this. Oh, Whereas it's much easier to fix a, a list of bullet points. Yeah. And, and then go, so then he sends those bullet points, of, or, well, those video plans back to Alex. And Alex, will, or actually, they're all on, I guess, a Google Doc or spreadsheet or something. Alex will make adjustments and tweaks and say, yeah, it looks good. And then, and then, um, then uh, Justin will go shoot them all. And then he'll send them to, they're on Vimeo, they're all hosted on Vimeo. And then Alex will review them and they say, okay, I need to reshoot here because you do this, but this is fine, this is fine, this is fine. And you locked out with Alex. And, you know, yeah, I did. Alex is really good. <laughs> well, Justin, too. You know, it's funny. I was thinking because, so Justin, so the whole point of what I brought them up is, is, is so, Justin, so Justin, initially I met him because he was tutoring for a kid, I think a really gifted kid whose parents were interested in Math Academy. And the kid was too young to be in Math Academy. He was like in fourth grade or something. And um, I asked him, I said, hey, would you be interested in being a TA for us? And so he started working as a, holding TA sessions. And then he started tutoring some of the math academy kids. And then I was like, we're like, hey, we need subs sometimes. So we started having him and Alex sub when any of the math academy instructors are, are gone. And he did a great job as a, t as a substitute, right? Like we have our own, like if, if one of us is sick, we don't have some random sub come in, a math academy sub comes in. And a math <laughs> academy subs are great because they're like the kids like even like them better like this guy's great you know i love it when alex subs or i love it when justin subs so either it's either alex justin or i or my i, I will we'll, or me i or me but we'll, we'll sub yeah um so that's we're kind of we're kind of spoiled in that way um <clears throat> we spoiled ourselves i guess um and then and then of course i had him i asked him i said you know you know i was talking about the videos thing with alex and how do we want to do this and i sort of had this feeling that maybe 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 uh justin could do them and at the first handful, I, we did it for a while, and uh, Alex is like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't think he has it." And I'm like, "Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think he has it. Like, let's just work with him a little bit." And then we got around, and and he's like, "You're right, you're right. He does. These are great, you know." Yeah. But it just took. 
I'm like, look, man, anything you do, it takes practice to get good at it. At first, it's like, it's disorganized, or it's too long, or he's too affected, or he's not clear. I mean, there's all these things that you have to sort out. But eventually, he got really, really good at them. Yeah. And so then I was like, I was talking to him about the, uh, the spaced learning algorithm for the system, which is the key feature that we need to implement. Because the, the spaced learning is something I do, I do manually. And, but now it's time that these things to be fully automated courses have to have an algorithm that says, okay, you know, these are the new topics of the day, but here are the topics from yesterday and, you know, a week ago or three weeks ago or you've whatever. Always, you've always spoke about that, like even for the last three years. And like, I have never implemented yeah, it because yeah. I had so many thoughts on how we should do or not do. And finally, I was like, you know what? I started thinking about it. I was like, I just need to have somebody work with me on it just to force a solution. Just force it. Like, we're just going to do this. Because if it's just me, I can kind of rationalize, well... And so he's getting his, he's in like Georgia Tech uh, um, master, computer science master's program. So he knows how to code in Python. He, he knows data science. He's great. This is Justin now, yeah, right? He's done a lot of, he's great with math. He did a lot of work, undergrad research work at the physics labs, um, doing a lot of data science and algorithm stuff. So I was like, okay. And he uses the system as a TA. He, know, he knows how the whole thing works. So I'm like, he knows how to teach. He knows what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, like he might be ideal. Yeah. And so I said, all right, yesterday I was like, look, just let's just I asked him if he's interested. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. So all right, come out Friday and let's just do it. And so we spent all day yesterday whiteboarding and you know, I've talking through how the argument works and you got and, and things you have to think about and go through examples. So we were That's this stuff. Oh, uh, that's just like Okay, so you have like dates, uh, a date assignment. Of, so you have a series of assignments laying on a table, and you have um, the dates on the left and the assignment numbers, and that's the repetition interval for a particular topic. So if I see a topic on day one, and then the, the, rep, the next day is repetition two, and a week later it's repetition three, you know, that kind of stuff. So that really complicated equation right there mm -hmm. is actually part of the space learning? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's sort of a weighted average with some exponential decay because we have to calculate sort <laughs> That's of like... That's awesome. Well, if you look at it, if you think of it, so it's easy, medium, hard. So <clears throat> if, if you've answered some questions for a topic and they've only answered easy questions correctly, I mean, do you, are you really that good at it? But I mean, that's, that's dog fooding. Like <laughs> using a really complicated equation algebraic equation like that is you're dog fooding your own software there dog fooding your own uh, every aspect of it i just yeah i mean i don't think most people write software with understand one, what that means with an equation like that yeah yeah well that, so i um that's cool very cool yeah so we had fun doing this yesterday you know we spent the whole day together so he we're gonna finish up on uh, sunday i think but I, what i want to get out of him i said look all we want is algorithm zero it's not going to take enough count all the other myriad factors that we could it's just going to be the primary factors i said there's so much noise in this that i'm it might be hard to move the needle once we have something that works pretty well like anything's but like work why can't well. you just do you know what i'm like i'm looking at that complicated algorithm there why couldn't you just say send them a reminder on one day on three days and on five days for example why well because you? if i do something on day one and then i totally face plan on it you need to or, or, or the first reminder, let's say my first reminder is uh, the next day, right? Uh, we call the first repetition. Yeah. And I'm doing, I'm doing a topic, let's call it solving rational equations. And I miss four out of five. Like, you can't wait a week. You need to re and do, you can't wait a week and then just do two. They have not learned it. You need to reset it. And the next day, we got to do it over again. Got it. So, 
Um, and there are certain things that, but, but what happens is that you can build up a real backlog of things you need to review. So you need to figure out like, what's the priority of things that really need to be reviewed? Like how overdue is something is, is a, is a factor, right? Okay. Also, it's like, if something is two days late for a one day review, like that's yeah. a huge difference. But if something's two days late for a 60 day review, 60, yeah. 62 days inconsequential so you've got like a sort of master algorithm taking all this stuff into account yeah and, and like you know trying to get your performance like when you do perform well does that mean you just perform well in the last two problems or the problems before that or you know were the easy problems or hard problems did you get one like okay if you got a medium problem right that's pretty good and you, uh, you missed a you missed half your problems you did two problems you missed half of them but the only problem you missed was a really hard one does that mean you don't know it no it doesn't mean you don't know it, it means you just missed the hard problem you know so it's like how do you create an algorithm that takes all of that stuff into account and mm. when you learn it? And it's, it's, once you start getting into it, it gets really hairy. And so um, we were trying to, uh, we were trying to include as many of the really important factors without getting lost in the weeds. Cause like we just need something that works pretty well. And then, then we can have iterations, algorithm one, algorithm two, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So, but it was funny. Uh, so yeah, I, with Justin, you know, like I said, all the things he does for us now, it's like, he's like, Alex, it's like, I find someone who has talent and then I just suck all the math out of them. <laughs> just yeah. like, I, I will, you know, I, I will compensate them, but I'm going to like get whatever I can. I mean, it's like this person has, you know, but, but the same with Alex, you know, like Alex, I think really enjoys what he's doing because he gets to think about content. He gets to structure this stuff he gets to hire people and manage people so he gets to you know he has to think about videos he has to think about mm. tutorials think about questions he has to think about i mean there's there's so much and there's so many people issues as well as and process issues as well as there is content issues and technology issues so it's like it it, it, it um it really stretches your uh people are happy when they're doing lots of things right well i think like, i think people are happy when they're challenged yeah and they're not over challenged or angered. and they like get that it's that whole flow state. You know, if it's something's too hard, it's it's frustrating. If it's too easy, it's tedious. You want to be right there. And so for somebody like Alex or Justin, you know, people who have a lot of talent and have more than just one talent, they're good. They can do a number of things. They like to be able to exercise those talents. So it's like, yeah, they're both really good at math, but it's just doing math all day what they want to do. When they know, hey, I'm, I can teach, I can write, I can manage, I can create, like. They want to do those things. After a while, they start getting frustrated because they're like so much part of my, my human experience. I'm, you know, potential is just not being used, utilized. Mm -hmm. And so that's great. Um, I like that. That's kind of what I like with 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 um, with, you know, Alex. I was just, I mean, in both cases with Alex and Justin, it was like I saw that they had one talent at least, and then I started to get a sense. I think they have more, and they could do these other things, and I need those things done, and um. Those, 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 uh, they're kind of like the glue, those people who can do a lot of different things. Really, yeah. Really good. Yeah. And I, I, um, so unfortunately, Justin is going to be taking a, um, he's going to take a full time teaching position next year. Oh. Teaching STEM. He's still going to do videos. Okay. For us. And he still wants to, um, you probably work with him online, you know. He wants to, he wants to do the online TA sessions. Yeah. I mean, I think he's still, uh, you know, I think he's a big fan of Math Academy. But you could do so. stuff like this with him on screen share. Oh, he well, we could do weekend stuff. He want to come over and work. Oh, on he'll stuff. be on the weekend. Oh, got it. He'll right. still live in the area, but Perfect. you know, um, yeah, we couldn't offer him a position because our, our, our we only hire PhDs. Yeah, and he's so, got to get his PhD first. Yeah, so he get a PhD in math. Although 
he he was on full scholarship for math at 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 um at Notre Dame, and he like skipped the first year or two of math, first couple of years. I mean, he's really a sharp right, guy. He's, right. Even though he stopped, it wasn't like well he couldn't go on to advance. He could easily have gone and worked on a PhD, but and he does a great job when he teaches. The um, mm-hmm. last year when he would sub for the um, the high school teach the, the multivariable linear algebra class. Yeah, you know he does a great job. But <clears throat> on that topic, math chem. One last thing I'll say. I just got an email yesterday from um, um, Jay Matthews, who's the education writer for the Washington Post, and he wants to do a follow up on Math Academy. Oh, great! And so he's like, so I said, yeah, I've been meaning to reach out. You know, it's time to kind of give me an update. Like, how many kids do you have, and what do you feel good about? What have been obstacles? And so I send this long email, and he's just like. Wow, that's great. So, because I was, you know, we talk about all the stuff we do from the, from the courses to the bridge programs to the um, summer classes to the, you know, the, the Bath Academy prep where we going around to the, uh, the, the underperforming schools and working pullouts to, I mean, I think it is a big thing. Yeah, there are a lot time. of stuff going on, and and ninety kids coming in at sixth grade. <laughs> we have five in our in our tenth grade. It's only a matter of time before you and Elon, you're on a collision course. <laughs> yeah. He's going to want to put his kids through your stuff. Like, it's just, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, just a think, matter of time. I don't time. think that's going to happen. But, you know, um, <coughs> one thing I don't think I told you about on the show, did I tell you that, that, the, um, that the freshmen are going to start teaching, learning um, uh, uh, physics, calculus-based physics next year. I think you did say that. that. Yeah, I think you were talking about that. Okay, so that's something I mentioned to him too. So they're going to, so the science program will come more in line with the, um, with the math that they're actually going to be doing calculus-based physics. AP Physics C is what it's known as. Yeah. They've created that course. They didn't have, they didn't ever offer that course before, but they're going to create that course and they're going to stick our freshmen in it. And of course, our five sophomore kids will join since it didn't exist last year, which I think is really cool. I'm excited about that. Um, So, uh, so yeah, a lot, lot going on with uh, Math Academy. That is for sure. Um, Just reading about the International Space Station mm-hmm. and mold growing on the inside and the outside, and um, mold that you know obviously has been introduced through Earth and somehow got through clean rooms and is now growing. And uh, just thinking about the different, you know movie plot lines that mm. that sort of like <laughs> life what was that movie life or something yeah, like, that was from a foreign pl- another planet or whatever uh, well, well it's like it's like we're we're introducing mold that is resistant to radiation and can survive life that can survive in space on on a on a spaceship like that right um i don't know that that could under some circumstance go to other planets and start something you know international mold no, I mean like, well, interplanetary mode. Interplanetary mode. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, like international, I mean interplanetary if, 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 if like, I don't know, if if an asteroid hit us, right? You know, like it would be unlikely that anything would escape the planet unless it was already in space. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, you know, we've we've done. I think we've put in our time. Well, I got I got a topic. Oh, what what you got? What you got? So let's talk. Let me see. Go. OMG, oh, you're yeah. uh, Justin's investment of a lifetime. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I got an email from um, Bittrex, which is one of the exchanges I have some coins on. Mm-hmm. And one of the, uh, and I had, that's where I had my Omisi Go coins. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Justin was a huge fan of this uh, particular coin and convinced me, begged me, pushed me to put some money into it. So you I put did. one Bitcoin in. And I, I put I a lot. I put more now. I put a lot. I mean, I was a, the Bitcoin was worth quite a bit at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. And so now it's, 
down from like, I think I was about, it was like 18 or something. Now it's down to like $2. <laughs> so I did a Bittrex email because they're delisting it. And they're like, if you're an American, you know, U.S. citizen, you have until, you know, whatever to remove it. Otherwise, um, um, you know, it'll, it's just gone, you know? Really? And so, and I initially had, there was like one or two emails and I just was sort of ignored them at the time because I just was, I'd feel like, oh, I'll just deal with this later. And then I got an email and it was the day before, like this is the final remind, final notice that you have, if you have Omisigo on Bittrex, you have to log in and, you know, pull it out of your wallet, pull, pull it out of the wallet or whatever. So, and then I tried to do it and then I remembered, oh my God, I couldn't log in because when I upgraded my iPhone, a lot of my iPhone, my apps didn't carry over. It's my the authenticator. My authenticator app didn't come over. So I could <laughs> log in. So luckily, um, my uh, buddy Dom, who, is, who had you know traded some of this stuff for me at, at one point, I was like, Dom, <laughs> and this is like, he's in the East Coast or something. It's like 1230 is time. Because like, I get this at 1030 at night. And I'm like, oh. God, you know, so I text, I, I mean, it's, I'm like, are you around? Can you move this stuff off? Luckily, he was around to move it to I didn't even get finance. the email, and I think that a friend of mine has now lost 300 OEC Go because of this discussion. Really? I never even got the email. Yeah. You have not been getting emails from Bittrex? No, I didn't get an email from Bittrex saying- Are you sure you're on Bittrex? Yeah. And uh, I, I, had, I had bought 300 OMG for them. And left it on Bittrex because I because I didn't want to put it in my wallet. Yeah. Well, I guess that's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only worth like two bucks, so yeah, it's like six hundred dollars. Well, the thing about so, so did you get it out? Yeah. What what where did you put it to? Just cash. He moved it over to his wallet on Binance uh, with OMG as OMG. Yeah, he just moved it. Yeah. Yeah, because um because that company didn't hasn't stopped. I mean that that company mm. is. Still very well funded, mm -hmm. still working on the problem, still putting out putting out, out updates and really but it's just a really difficult problem that, that, that they're that they're what doing. is the problem? I don't even know what it is. They're basically creating um do you have you heard of plasma? You probably heard of plasma. Oh, plasma what is a coin it, or something? No, or it's like it's 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 like um it's a way to make um sort of the, the OMG network. And and plasma is a way to sort of do you know a million transactions a second kind of thing. Mm. That's that's the the problem that they're working on a decentralized system that can do a million transactions a second. Okay. okay. And they're, they're just gradually like inching their way there, putting it, giving it to people, doing use case, you know, giving it to one company. You can try it, you know, and and they've just found it's such a complicated problem because it's um it's it's sort of trees within trees within trees within trees within trees. So it's like it's it's sort of like you know how um you know well I I don't even know how how this stuff works I'm just sort of watching the videos and what they're talking about but it's things like you know confirmation that this transaction happened and it's it's up here on this tree up here and somehow this subtree knows about that but it's 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 sort of um, a composite of all the transactions up here. And then down here, there's a subtree, which is a composite of all the transactions up here. So at some point, you can sort of go through the tree and look look back. But the way that they speed this up is they sort of shard it. Essentially, they're doing something like sharding mm -hmm. for these okay. transactions. But it's just really, really complicated to get it to actually work. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there's a shot. Well, I haven't sold it yet. I mean, you know, it's worth, I don't know what it's at. So Bitcoin was up to like 13,000. 
When what well, recently? Last week, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 Bitcoin is back, baby. So um, is is your is your trader friend making making bank? I emailed, I, I I I skyped him and I said, so do you have a smile on your face now? Because <laughs> he was pretty pissed. Yeah. It's like he he lost a lot of value because he had a lot of stuff tied up and uh and that's okay. It looks like it's a twelve thousand right now, so that's still it, wow. Yeah, it's really really come back. The biggest mistake that I made with I, I would be super happy if I just held on to all my OMG. But I made a really big mistake, which was trade half of it for ELEC, E-L-E-C, mm-hmm. which is backed by the OMG founder. And I just I just had this thought myself that, okay, these ELECs are worth so little that if I, if I put half of my OMG into that, when they go up, then I'll get the leverage because I'll have a lot more units. And of course, I was just really, really mistaken. Well, so 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 that half of it is basically evaporated to nothing. Mm-hmm. The other half of it is at at you know went down to like a dollar, but now it's been growing. It's growing to two dollars. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, like a lot of people made money on those smaller coins who were worth nothing for that reason. It's just you can't put half your your trading account into one of those right <laughs> so dumb. I mean, you know you can experiment play around put a little bit here a little bit there it's like startups like you, if you were in a venture fund you would put half your investment in one startup well i'm just tracking it now against I've, I've got a tracker to just track it against omg and when it becomes worth the 500 omg that i put into it I'm just gonna switch it out. Switch <laughs> like my it buddy Dodd, switch who like out. he like bought Cisco in like '98. He's still holding on to it. It's still like not even close to what it was. He's like, yeah, man, I'm all in. I'm all in. Have you met Todd? No, uh, no, I don't think. So. I should have him on the show. He's hilarious. He's he? such a funny guy. Um, yeah, he's a he's a long term IBM. Any news from um, Gabriel Weinberg? Uh, yeah, he said that he wanted to come on the show, but he was going to um, go to town for a couple of weeks. And then he said, just. Oh, okay. So cool. I'll, I will actually probably uh, ping him next week. See if he wants. I have the, I have, um, have his book, Super Thinking. Oh, cool. It, it, it arrived. Are you in there? I have to say that I am. Nice. So we have nice sunk cost done. fallacy with 80 20 rule, and we have luck surface area. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No big deal. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool. No, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It says, you know, mentions a you know entrepreneur technologist Jason Roberts invented this. Da, da, da. But you know, it's funny. It was the whole thing came together while we were interviewing him. That's where I first said it. Hmm. And we were asking him about stuff, and I said, so in a sense, it's kind of like increasing your luck surface area. Yeah. You know, da da da. And I went on. That's where the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it looks really cool. I haven't I haven't read um, much. I just kind of read like the intro and stuff. I need to get some hard reading in on it, but it looks good. Yeah. Looks well put together. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, I just kind of email yeah. and then it made the New York Street, Times. New York West Times. Wall Street Journal best. Oh, was it? Okay. Less. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's awesome. That's good for him. So come on, you got anything else for me? How's the got any got any workout? Oh, news? I suppose, yeah, I've um I got this new app called Productive. Productive, okay. Yeah. It's a really it's a really good iPhone app. I think it's Android as well, Productive. It's just it's just great for for habits, for habit building. Okay. So you you can add you add habits and um. So look here, you can see what what habits are you? Well, you know what's. I'm fun? just starting small, just, just you know, just just like back stretching, take my, no alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and you just sort of what's they've done a good UI where you can sort of specify whether it's something 
you want to do in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, you know, and they, and they've got loads of icons in there. So you can sort of, it can be a work related or it can be health related. Um, and it's just, you know, they, they have really nice stra stat, um, stats. So check this out. So look, you go into the calendar and you can see how many days, you know, what your streak is and how many days you've done it in a row. Nice. And what's it called? It's called productive. Productive. Yeah. You know, it's good. So a buddy of mine told me about an app like that. It was more like a health in, um, it kind of tracks your combination of, I guess, exercise and what you're eating. Yeah. And it's called, uh, it's not like Numa or Noom or Neem. Noom. Noom. I've yeah. heard of Noom. Yeah. And um, he said he lost eight pounds in six weeks just just being a little more conscious about what he's eating and then just make, walking a little bit more, reminding mm -hmm. him to walk a little more. So I told Sandy about it and she, she, she uh, um, I think she downloaded it, installed it. Initially, she dismissed it. She's like, ah, it's just, I already do that stuff. And then she's like, I installed it. And I'm like, okay. I thought, yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, go for a walk. I've just put that in the app, you know, go for a walk. Do you? I'll just try and do like a, a like a 10 minute walk. I mean, I'm just, just I'm still working out with, with Anwar every, every week. And, um, which is fine for resistance training, but not for, no, no, not for resistance training. Yeah. Uh, for he, he's oh, you do like the all round sort of body he, weight exercise. He's, he's, he's just really focused. He's sort of focusing on what I need. He's kind of looking at, he's uh -huh. just gradually ramping me up. What he's got me on right now is, um, uh, he's got me on a, sort of cardio stuff. Like he'll lay a, a, like a, like a long ladder across the floor. And yeah. then I've got to, I've got to do yeah, sort quick of feet. jump, jumping yeah, around yeah, different see, things yeah, on the yeah. ladder and like, planks on balls and like big heavy uh, medicine balls like throwing them on the ground throwing them against the wall right like uh waving ropes around like just different different stuff yeah a little bit of agility it really training. mixes it up you know right. and, and there's also there's strength stuff as well like i'm doing that leg press where you're completely lying on your back and you're yeah. pushing the pushing the press up right and then um some dumbbell stuff um it just, just mixes it up I, I told you about that running machine right for the free form runner like that's kind of just not powered yeah I think so, yeah, right, yeah that's good yeah so it's i just think it's really good to keep doing that it keeps me functionally fit right you know you feel a lot but you feel better i i feel just regular okay you don't um, feel worse i don't feel worse i feel i think that if i didn't do that i would be really oh, you do think really you fucked if i didn't okay. do that yeah <laughs> like that's that's an important functional maintenance thing okay yeah i've kind of I've well after I had my elbow surgery, it's been five weeks now. Yeah, you do. You and, don't seem. Uh, I mean, I still, I still hurts, and I still yeah. don't have full range of motion, and I gotta start doing some um, rehab okay. for it. So I really can't do anything other than you know cardio. Um, when, you can, when you can't bend your when you can't really bend your elbow or put any pressure, it really kind of limits what you can do. So can you code with it? Yeah, yeah, I can code, but I mean, it like hurts to like you know take the orange juice out of the refrigerator if I have my left hand, for instance. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's that sensitive so it's not like you know we have some boxes delivered by amazon that are probably two pounds three pounds it hurts to pick them up so i have right. my girls like girls bring this stuff in you know mm -hmm. um so it's pretty limiting um to what i can do but you know another couple months you know then hopefully i can get back on the train back on the wagon training but i think next week i'm gonna really start kicking up the cardio because I'm, I'm starting to put on weight over the past month so i need to like i need to back that up in a big way Yep. This is a one-way train, man. It's a one-way train to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. All right, so you want to uh, you want to shut this thing down? We we pretty much covered our bases. You don't have any I think other. So, last yeah, we've done, we done two hours there. Yeah. Okay. All right then. That's a wrap. We're out.